0: Be alive, bitch. No, we're not.
1: Home, Home. audio, on camera. 9016 Radio. The show for artists of all kinds. Sit down and relax. Enjoy the music. Oh, okay. hello man,
0: turn. I don't know we're starting up, are we? Yes.
1: Hello, Liam. <laughs> Welcome back.
0: Who is this? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> Fresh out of the windy city mm. How was it? Awful, awful To be struck from the earth oh, The whole Jesus. place <laughs> No, no it was good It's a good time Very cultural
1: What was the main I- objective You just oh, wanted to get out of the city?
0: No, well you know I just wanted to go up to Wellington Just hadn't been here in a while Get a bit of, bit, bit of arts and culture up in me, uh, up in me gullet as Well they needed Yep It was, it was a good break um, Catch up with some friends Yep, do see some sights, do some things. Was it truly go windy? Go some parties. Did, literally didn't stop being windy the whole time. Yeah, I was there for seven days. Didn't stop. Yeah, once. No, that would
1: that would bother me. To know, you know. the
0: horn of my dream, even in my dreams, I could hear the wind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it Couldn't was sleep um, at night. Yeah, it was difficult. It was really difficult.
1: What what gigs did you go
0: to while you were there? Well, what parties. <clears throat> I don't want to incriminate myself here. Um, I didn't actually. I was supposed to go to two gigs up there. I was supposed to be, go to uh, the is Sophia McRae gig on the Thursday mm. night, which uh, obviously didn't happen because of the level two. And I was also supposed to go to another one that the name is slipping me right now, but I was supposed to go to it. So but it instead it. instead I went to a um, an illegal gathering <laughs> at uh, the Miramar Bunkers. Oh, a, a maximum 100 People. Yes yes, yes. 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 I won't. I won't. Um. No. No. I. there wasn't more than. Well, I mean, it probably was more than hundred people there, but it was outside, and it wasn't about COVID. I think it was more about the fact that we weren't supposed to be having a rave, in at, at, at an old fort. Oh, I see. And The police came and. Oh joy. And made everyone leave. But I had already left by that point because a lot of the people that I was with were from Chile and Argentina, and they were afraid of the police and. Potentially overstaying.
1: Did you talk to any of them? Have they tourists that have been there here for, they lived for a while? With, like they something. lived with our
0: friend Jake. All oh, right, in in his flat. He had a big, big ten, twelve, fifteen right. person. So they flat. they were living here. They really? were living there and working and everything, but I think yeah. they just didn't want to be caught up with the cops in case Yeah, sure. They get detained for whatever reason, and they're not allowed to be in New Zealand anymore, or oh, they get sent back to Chile. Or Peru yeah, right. Can that can that even really happen at the moment? You can kick people out of. I mean, if country. you're overstaying, if you, if they, I don't know their personal, you know, I'm not going to go out and. I'm speaking genuinely, thing. Yeah. Not just these two individuals. Well, they wouldn't, you wouldn't just get, I can't imagine you'd just get arrested and deported. Right. It wouldn't work that way. You wouldn't just like, Hey, spent too much time at that illegal rave from sure, Miramar, mate. That. Sorry. Back home for you. Back off to Guantanamo. <laughs> no, they, that, but they would, they would like, you know, if you were overstaying or whatever, they'd probably pursue that in the courts and then yep. they'd, they'd make you leave. Cause yeah. Of that. Interesting. Yeah,
1: funny how how we um are having to adapt to these rules that aren't really making much sense at the moment, mm. due to at least at least in the South Island having to follow stuff that's not super, you know. It seems as though we're following rules that are that not a lot of people are following. Yeah. And and no one's really actually practicing any other distancing or anything aside Welling- from from signing into stores it seems like once Wellington you've done
0: that. was a, b- a lot more conscious of that than down here I found yeah a lot more there's a, a lot less people on the streets if they don't have to be obviously because the government is centered there so people are going to be following it quite stringently slash working for the government slash just more publicly socially conscious because it's just sort of the hub of that feeling for the country yeah but yeah it was interesting there's nothing on there's no there's no clubs open on Saturday night yeah. No. Right. I went to went to um, well, that's the same no, Yeah though, isn't it? Yeah, I guess I guess so, yeah. But there wasn't any bars. There was I mean there were bars, but there wasn't, you know it wasn't like a, any other time you go to Wellington people would say, Oh, we go to this club and we go to this bar, we go to this gig, whatever that'd have been completely cut out of it. It was kinda of right. like, Oh, we've been kicked out of Miramar, so you have to leave Miramar at quarter to one, now let's go to some flat party on Abel Tasman Street. <coughs> Abel Abel Smith Street actually. Um this party we went to afterwards, I left at about, I don't know, three thirty, four o'clock in the morning. It was getting quite late. was pretty tired. Um, the next day, went to, you know, just went about my business. Just did some general things around the area. Came back to the flat at 5 o'clock that night and somebody who had been <coughs> at the bunkers with me just got back from that house party at 5 o'clock the next night. Jesus. So I'd literally gone 24 hours plus. Like, I've never... Being able to comprehend
1: that people that just stay on for drugs. I was just yeah. yeah, I was gonna say mostly yeah. Mostly would be my guess. I mean, a lot
0: of it is stamina and will and endurance. Like drugs just aren't gonna take you there on their own. Right. But I think that was probably yeah what had happened. Yeah.
1: I was talking to flatmates before about microdosing Mm -hmm. and sort of learning about what that is and why people do it. Is it something you've heard people Mm -hmm. do? Mm -hmm. Any any.
0: Outlook on it? I, uh, I don't know. I think if you have the, the right personality and then microdosing appropriately, then I think it's very doable. Very helpful people with depression and um, PTSD. Have you ever heard of a um, a musician called Father John Misty before? That's the rings of bell. Yeah. He microdoses, he's been microdosing every day since twenty sixteen apparently. Like psychedelics? LSD. Right. Yeah. So what is that what is that doing for him? Well it's just you're taking minute amounts. Obviously microdosing, hence the name. But I guess it would just provide the anxiety alleviation slash give everything an oral tinge, mm. psychedelic tinge, to your everyday going about, I would imagine. Right. Um. But, I mean, I, I'm sure there's some clinicians, physicians, et cetera, that in certain parts of the world, perhaps more open-minded parts of the world, that would recommend microdosing. I have met people that have microdosed before, and I, I've never considered it because, one, I don't – I don't have access to that kind of resource. Two, I've never really felt that I was in a position to acquire it and three, for me if you're doing a psychedelic you're you're doing a psychedelic. Yeah, well
1: that was my thought around it. It's like why I I feel like I wouldn't be wanting to take a psychedelic every day, granted it's a mm. microdose, a very, very small amount, but depends on I guess how much you're getting from that microdose, you know, whether you're actually starting to have a psychedelic experience or whether mm. you're just sort of gently no. using it into
0: I, I don't think you'd be uh, – you, you wouldn't be – if you were – if you're having a full-blown psychedelic experience, then you, you're not microdosing correctly, I think. Right. I think that you could probably still experience aspects of a psychedelic experience, you know, like, like, like said, anxiety it, alleviation it. or maybe color change or um, yep. just general approach to dialogue and action, et cetera.
1: With the psychedelics, if you are microdosing,
0: mm.
1: what is it that you are really getting from it? What is a about LSD in such a small form factor?
0: It be anxiety so alleviation, I'd say.
1: It's just think about it this way. Think about like so. Is it is it playing on <clears throat> the side of what this drug is doing to you before it really sort of kicks into the psychedelic side of things? Basically, like where does the anxiety relief come in in such a small amount?
0: Probably, well, I can't speak to it from experience. So I've had discussions with people about it, but I guess. Um, if you're having it at a micro level over a period of time, it becomes the normal, right? It becomes the norm, like say four or five weeks, and then you just start doing it every time from then. So I guess it would adjust as you started experiencing it or whatever. But I would imagine that the anxiety relief would be the the majority of why people would take it because I don't know. So the 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 general thought process of a of a psychedelic trip when you're about to experience or you're on the come up, or whatever, is that you're quite you're going to be quite focused on that because it's an intense experience and it's, so I guess elements of that would come into play where it's not as intense and you're not like being thrust through this kind of experience, but you're also still getting those little nodules, pings from a very micro-dosed right. form of that experience. So I don't know, it might just be that you're walking around the streets and sometimes the work you're doing might be heavily academic or whatever or... I don't. I don't know. I could. I'd have to think of a specific example, but somebody might feel that their work life is um, overbearing, or social interactions are overbearing, or whatever. And you might. They might just might dose and find that those situations become easier, or they think less about them, or mm. they become more broader scaled in their thoughts of interactions rather than just. Man, I just had a really weird chat with Lucy. I'm attracted to her. That felt like shit. Now I have to go back to my cubicle and think about it for two, like two hours. You know. Mm. Whereas this might just be you have it and you're like, oh, that was a bit weird, but what just roll with the flow. Right, that's interesting. I've never really had a
1: full-blown experience with psychedelics or at least at least had enough experience with it to really know what it is that it's doing. But I just find it interesting how, you know, you're obviously figuring out what dosage in your capacity is. I presume it's different, different for every mm. person. You're sort of finding what a microdose is to you and what that microdose is doing uh, for you on a daily basis?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think there would be a variant of microdosing from person to person, but you also wouldn't want to. There'd be a rule of thumb, a sort of referential. You'd want to be che- you want to be checking forums or asking people and and find a baseline comparable to say your body weight or your age or something like that. Right. You wouldn't just want to be like, oh, well, you know, all the other experiences I've had have been. On a tab of acid, maybe I should have a tenth of a tab every day until that runs out. Like it wouldn't quite work like that,
1: right? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I just haven't formed an opinion. Psilocybin either, so mushrooms would be
0: psilocybin mushrooms would probably be the more commonly used
1: yeah. microdosing
0: yeah. instrument right. due to the ability to get it yourself and not cost you any money, and also just yeah, more. I guess some people might feel it's more natural because it's not synthesized; it's not a chemical.
1: Do you think that humanity has come from psychedelics? Do you think that language? We're talking Stone ape theories that what yeah. we're talking
0: about. Um, I don't think it's come from that. I think it's played a hand the same way as arts have played the hand, or education, or technology, or warfare, or any of those things. You don't think that a conscious being like
1: humans have developed a conscious being through a psychedelic oh
0: i don't think that there's any um i don't think that there's a whole lot to discredit about say like a stoned ape theory you know you know what stoned ape theory is
1: i presume it's what i'm asking you about but i don't actually well yeah it's
0: basically what we're kind of hovering around a bit it's just the idea that um humans developed or coincided their development with the use of psilocybin or you know just certain variants of plants whatever that were that entered the diet and then that propelled more abstract thought patterns or mm. a grander scheme of intellectualness or whatever. Yeah. And the, the theory that um, the acacia tree, <coughs> which is common, it's quite a common, you can find in a lot of places, but particularly supposedly common in the Middle East and in Africa, and that that is potentially what the the burning bush from – you call it? Uh, it's called the acacia. It's quite a – I don't know. It's maybe like uh, –
1: that's definitely not how you
0: spell it. Nah, just look up uh, acacia bush. Um, yeah, you, you'll just lead you into. But yeah, I guess the the idea is that yeah, here you go, acacia. That that Wikipedia one, even.
1: What acacia trees is useful? The most common use is growing acacia for wood in the manufacturing of furniture. That doesn't sound at all. Like no, what, what if I you go that. into
0: if you go into the Wikipedia?
1: <laughs> oh, and and psychedelic
0: toxicity. Um... Yeah, if you look up uh, toxicity, it's a certain type of. See, like here, <clears throat> if you go up a little bit, just talk a tiny bit, so it says here the southernmost species in the genus uh, Acacia delbata, silver wattle, Acacia longifolia, which is known as the Sydney golden wattle. So in Australia, their national plant is called the golden wattle. So it's a variant of this acacia and a, a commonly um, created drug. Uh, is is um, derived from that. It's called Aussie. They call it Aussie waska, which is, have you ever heard of ayahuasca before? It's mm. like, a, yeah. So the variant called Aussie wasca is from this golden waddle, which is a tree, a plant that, it's literally the national plant of Australia. You can find it anywhere. Well, not anywhere, but you can find it in a lot of places in Australia, publicly in the wild, whatever. And if you take the, I'm not sure if it's the root or the flower, but you grind that into the, into a kind of a, Paste dust, smokable material. It produces a similar to DMT kind of experience, but Jesus. not quite. I don't think it's quite as long. Right. Um
1: Is this something that we we
0: find here in New Zealand? Mm, well, if you go into where it says Acacia longifolia, that one there. Yep. <clears throat> uh, I don't think it's really. I don't think it's in New Zealand. So it's considered it's invasive in Southern Portugal Victoria. and South Africa,
1: South Australia. Interesting. It looks it looks familiar though.
0: If you go to uh, like phytochemistry, oh uh, maybe up a little bit. Sorry. Um, cultivation uses. Um, okay, maybe it won't come. Maybe it won't tell us because we're on a bit of a PG thing. But if you literally yeah, sure. look up a thing called Aussie, like if you look up uh, W A S K A or Z K A, it wouldn't matter too much. Um it's yeah, it's one word. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's called it, it, here's one from the academia.edu. So it's something called sometimes called Changer. Um some people call it Ozzy Waskell. That's a PDF if you got down there, that's an academic study. Um no, you, uh, you won't be able what to get an it. Admin. Yeah. Um okay. If oh. you look up look up Changer. Changer. Yeah, C-H-A-N-G-A. <sighs> Uh, drug, I guess, in the uh, Wikipedia, yep. yeah, Um So, like, it was created in two thousand and three when he was asked for a moniker for the drug during an ayahuasca session. Um, Jeez Yeah So, in festivals in Australia, you could find it, and yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's it's basically. I don't know if Chang'e is the same as wasca They might be very uh, yeah. I don't so, know. where does DMT, DMT come from? Where does it come from?
1: Or is it its own entity? It's a it it's a
0: it's a mor- it's a molecule. It's called the the spirit molecule. If you want to call it that. So it's present in a lot of things. Right. We could go we could go on very long tangent about this. <laughs> Certain things are um, DMT, MAOI infused kind of thing, which means that if they're smoked or refined into a a consumable product, it would create a DMT trip style mm. experience. Right. But but there's lots of there's all kinds of I've heard I don't know what the truth to it is, but I've heard that even like common lettuce has traces of DMT in it. I think mm. lots of lots of anything That's why it can. So good. Just <laughs> it just has real small amounts. Right. And, and and the DMT infused things that uh work with your receptors are just happen to be select substances.
1: How do you typically take a dose of DMT? Smoke it. Right. Mm. But how do you even like Access it
0: um, It comes from uh, Like a bark So it can come yeah, from like, like an ayahuasca vine together. Or right. So <clears throat> Not that I'm advising People out like there to do this Of no, course definitely not But if you were to um, Be curious about it The average person That would do this I'm not saying that I've done this by the way Not speaking as an expert On the matter Just from what I know about it mm. Is that um, You might use The dark web Or you know Like a, the Silk Highway One of those Kind of tour, Whatever sites and just order the bark and you can basically once you have the vine or the bark itself you can begin the process yourself it's quite obviously risky to do that it's not legal to possess it it's not legal to create it etc but it's doable Um, yeah basically you just refine the bark or refine the you can brew it I think a lot of the common ways to brew it and then kind of free base it style Kind of scenario. I'm mm. I'm pretty half asking this because I've never actually yeah, seen no, it. Win. I've seen I've seen it before, but I've never seen it produced. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh well, I, I presume it's fairly un- uncommon. Um,
1: at least here, I don't know what the chains are like here. Um, but just interesting. I just wanted to know how. A lot of drugs, I don't really know. You where could find it from, just sort of in there.
0: That way, you could find it here. Yeah, right. You just have to know where to go. You just, just have to be looking for the the right things, I guess. Yeah, right. But um, yeah. Have you seen um Elon Musk's new presentation for his Neuralink? I have not. For the Neuralink. Yeah. How new were talking. Hmm? How we talking? Hm? How new were we talking a couple of weeks ago or like
1: Yeah, I think it was last week.
0: Um no, I don't think ever.
1: Yeah, so I didn't e- end up watching the whole thing because it actually sort of felt like it was going to get a bit disturbing because he's put one into a pig. And so mm. his demonstration was going to be him presumably You know, showing what it can do on the pig, and I sort of thought, I don't know if I want to watch this.
0: Yeah, I've, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very interesting to see when we are older, um, how Elon Musk is perceived. Hmm. Um, because he's done some things that are pretty fucked, you know. Um,
1: he's definitely an odd
0: bot. He is. I, I definitely, you know, without any kind of psychology background, I'd probably say he's. Somewhere on the spectrum, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> um, but, like, I mean, he's he's
1: definitely, uh, man, like, the, he, he's got a brain and he's definitely, like, the future <clears throat> to some degree. But it's yeah. just he he sort of seems to float around ideas that perhaps are a bit too extreme. Like he's a the bit idea of, a, col- of a, col- a colony of people that have chips in their head that can... Mm. Do all these stuff that he's saying they can do it just doesn't seem human anymore. Yeah, which well, there's a huge advancement in technology, but it's in terms of humanity, like it's not exactly. I don't think of a well, thing. Foolproof
0: method. It's a whole. That's a whole issue with science, really, isn't it? Um, ethics. Sorry, I'm about to sneeze. Um, I'm about to sneeze. Warning, listeners! I'm about to sneeze any time within the next ten seconds. Um, that's a an ethics thing in science, I guess. Mm. You know, because they've been in conditions where people have not been limited um, is when there has been a lot of actual... There's been a lot of messed up shit happened because of it in terms of people being murdered, essentially, in labs or, like, forcing it to their will to do things or vivisected or whatever, like, some very grim stuff. But because that happened, there has actually been advancement from that, you know, like, not not justifying or saying it was right, but there was, for example, information that they got off of German scientists um, from the Nazi era that they had conducted because there was no limit on scientific experiment in in Nazi Germany. You know, if you said, I want to take these nuns, if the doctor of death said, I want to take these nuns and perform... Life surgery, et etc. On them, no one stopped them. Mm. So there, was, there was morbidly curious questions of science that were answered in that. You know, yeah.
1: E.g. In putting, the middle of a war, and if it's something related to what they were doing but at it, the
0: time, it wasn't really related in terms of like you know they weren't really conducting experiments to make things better for themselves. They were more conducting eugenics experiments to see how they could manipulate Creating race, what, sorry? like eugenic experiments, like well sterilising the disabled or just eugenics to do with the formulation of creating a race or creating a master race kind of thing. Putting nuns in an oven and turning the oven up to as high as it could to witness to see how far a human body could stand in the heat kind of thing like that. Stuff that was just completely messed up and should never have happened. But to satisfy the morbid curiosities of those people, they got to witness it and see and actually they did get an answer. Like not saying it's right or scientifically correct or that I support it because I absolutely don't, but... They, that kind of shit did occur. Yeah,
1: it's interesting how far you could go with science without ethics involved. You know,
0: well, that's that's the question about it as well, and that's where, that's why I think Elon Musk probably is a troublesome individual, is because I feel like he probably would go, hmm. if somebody was to say that his, I mean, his wealth is already a shield in a lot of ways, because he's done things that the average person, if you did it, you'd be like, dude, what the fuck? Hmm. Like, um, <clears throat> do you remember when? those that Thai that group of Thai boys got stuck in the cave, that that soccer mm. team a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and they had to um get these couple of British divers to go really dangerously into these crevices and, you know, with nothing to spare kind of thing. So these two it was either one or two, it might have been two, British divers that lived in Thailand rescued this group of boys. All of them alive. Amazing, like amazing feat of fucking heroics and just the balls on these guys to do it right and Elon Musk tweeted he actually got in an argument on Twitter with one of the rescuers because Elon Musk had come to Thailand or had been in talks with the people in Thailand about potentially using a Tesla piece of equipment or vehicle to try to maneuver to get into these an, an unmanned or manned piece of equipment to get into the cave to rescue these boys and basically the scientists had said well those are good ideas, but we need to get these boys out now and the things you're talking about aren't actually scientifically feasible. You know, they gave they gave him, fi- you know, valid reasoning like we can't because, you know, you're looking at this from a logistical, logical side of things and once it's down there, it won't be able to go through these parts and yada, yada, yada. They gave him rebuttals for what he said, right, and he got quite mad about it and basically vented on Twitter saying, you know, I'm trying to help – they're turning me down. Who are they to turn me down? I'm Elon Musk. And then he added, he targeted one of the divers. And one of the divers had either responded to him or had mentioned in an interview, said, you know, Elon Musk did put his hand up to help, but he, he didn't understand the logistics of diving and the ability to actually go into these cave systems and help these children out. And he basically just responded on Twitter. He, he added this guy who had just saved 15-plus kids and said and accused him of being a pedophile and said, what would you know, you know, like, you're you're living in Thailand, you're a 50-year-old British man, like, we all know what that means, you're after the little boys kind of thing like this. And everyone's like, bro, what the fuck? This guy just saved a whole bunch of kids, and you're just mad, and you're turning this into a feud, and you're calling this guy a pedophile. Like, if anybody else, well, maybe not anymore, because shit's pretty whack in terms of what people say on the internet and get away with, but in the terms of decorum, if anybody, if any other kind of businessman or... Uh, investor or, you know, person who had their f- their finger on the social pulse did that, mm. they'd be fucking lambasted. Yeah. yeah he did right. it with no with no proof either. It's not like a oh, you know, there's some sort of oh, dicey information yeah. out about this dive or anything. He fully went in there. Like,
1: that's that's his that's the problem with egotistical people like Elon is that he thinks that his product is perfect and He's got, you know he's obviously done very well in terms of his businesses and where he's at with technology and that sort of thing. and Tesla products are obviously very you know doing very well. But yeah, there comes a point where so much of that and so much money from that gets in the way, and then you think because you are doing so well, because of how you are in the business field or technology field, that your answer is the right answer. No one's mm-hmm. really ever told you no because you've, you're at the top sort of thing, and because he is so socially social media present. You know, it's easy for him to make comments like that. But what was what was the Tesla product that he wanted to? Oh, it wasn't an forward? actual.
0: I don't think it was a. It wasn't. It's not something that's available on the market or that has actually been created. It was just a a blueprint style idea of a.
1: So he wanted to build something. He wanted for to it.
0: build a, a well, machine that I mean, could go into the, through the cave system, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And how
1: quickly could he even well, exactly, come up with it? That? Exactly. That's ridiculous. That was
0: one of the key, the first problems. But the other problem was that he was actually sort of kind of rebutting. Um, some of these experts because he felt that they were being too restrictive but they were like, Well we have to be restrictive because you know, we can't make something that won't work or we can't make something that will work and then kill the children or we can't make something that'll go down there and not come back up. You know what right, I mean? Right. Those kind of scenarios. Basically yeah. just logic. He was basically just faced with logic and it's not
1: really the time to be thinking about making something. No. You've got to think about what you have it's you know, people's lives are at stake, you can't just.
0: Should have a look at what he. Have a look at what he said to the guy, um, just so I'm not misquoting him. I'm pretty sure he accused the guy of being a paedophile. If you just look well, up... I can't imagine the tweets are there. Anyway. If you just look, yeah. If you just look at Elon Musk, Thailand, tweets. Yeah, Thailand cave diver tweets. Oh yeah, well, I suppose. Um, here you go. Elon Musk apologises to Thai cave diver for Twitter attack. Um. Oh God, here we go. You know, uh, you know what, don't bother showing the video. We will make one of the mini sub pod going all the way to K5, no problemo. Sorry, pedo guy. Sorry, pedo guy, you really did ask for it. So This is Elon Musk talking to uh, the <laughs> one of the cave heroes. Um, Water level was
1: actually very low and still not flying. You could literally have swum to K5 with no gear, which is obviously how the kids got in. If not true, then I challenge us to show final risk of... Rescue,
0: rescue video Huge credit to
1: pumping generator
0: Hmm. Never saw the, See this one's, this one's the one that's like bro Come on Never saw this British expat guy who lives in Thailand Parentheses sus At any point when we were in the caves Only people in sight were the Thai Navy Army guys who were great Thai Navy SEALs escorted us in Total opposite of us wanting to leave Or wanting us to leave It's like bro he 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 saved the kids though You know Like what are you talking about We never saw the guy around It's just weird That's, I don't know That is weird Because he wanted
1: it done his way But it got shitty Because it didn't That's
0: Well if you go If you go into that last tab It looks like it took him to court BBC.com Cave Diver tells Elon Musk uh, Tells court Elon Musk tweets Humiliated him Oh was Was the other one?
1: No, oh, not that one No This
0: one uh, No the one below it Oh
1: the top one was BBC as well, I Yeah, know. yeah, yeah, that's fair. This
0: is only from the end of last year. How long, how long ago was the Thailand? Uh, sometime last year. 2018, June 2018, two years ago. Yeah, well. Yeah, he sent t- uh, Tesla engineers in a small submarine to help free the boys, uh, but it was never used. So he had something. To- yeah, I guess he did. It says Mr. Unsworth later labelled it a PR stunt and suggested the billionaire could stick his submarine where it hurts <sighs> during an interview mm-hmm. with CNN. So, yeah. <clears throat> I guess Elon Musk just felt attacked by this guy, but at the end of the day, the guy did the job.
1: You know. Well, that's it, isn't it? Um, and like I say, he's just he just wanted it done because that, that would have been a huge... Um, marketing tool for him if they'd sent the sub and it had done the job you know he'd mm. be praised for that and, and so would Tesla products and it would just be good for business so he's thinking about it from a business perspective obviously being a business owner mm.
0: I mean I just um, I don't know I just kind of find it interesting with Elon Musk because in terms of being somebody who's actually impacted humanity from a day to day level like the average person he hasn't you know, it's, it's not that he's not doing things that aren't going to be important mm. for the human race at but some stage. Space project and Neuralink chips. Yeah, it's like that. it's it's not really something that's changed the state of humanity on the planet as we live in it. No. You know?
1: And like the, the the cars are probably the more, you know, user, uh, you know, a product yeah. that yeah, is for the majority. A product that was, is nameable for them. Yeah, but yeah. it's still, the only thing, only advancement there is really having a computer in the, in the car and, and making them go faster. Yeah. Oh, it's like I mean, uh, I, I'm not a Tesla <laughs> expert either. So yeah,
0: but speaking. do you know what I mean? He's he's probably what like I don't know how old he is, 45, maybe a little bit older. He's got like he's got about 30 years which isn't a massive amount of time to create something like that'll make him like an Alexander Graham Bell or like somebody whose name you can be like, oh, that dude invented the telephone or this dude. I'm not doubting him. I'm not talking shit on him. I'm not saying that he shouldn't or shouldn't aim for it because a lot of people should be aiming for it. I just feel that it's a little bit weird how synonymous he is as a public figure. Like a lot of people know who Elon Musk is, but why Mm. do you know what I mean? Like in, in terms of. We could put, put on his
1: platform because he's 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 a... Is he a billionaire?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, he is.
1: Multi-million dollar but man. But being
0: a, being a rich person doesn't qualify or quantify you as as impactful on the human race. No, no, I'm
1: not saying he is. I'm saying that's how people are not because yeah, people sure. get told about millions. And and again, he has a big presence on social media. Mm, and, and, you know, he is creating... like He had that flame flamethrower thing. People know him for just random shit. He does yeah, for on the sure. side as well. The thing with that, though... It, because he he does have have so many ideas that are whether they're good or bad for the future he he is does actually produce them fairly quickly, like do you think about how long ago it was since he talked about the idea of the the, of the chip? It mm. was only a couple of years ago, and now here we are he's he's doing demonstrations for sure like that. that's not that's not very long
0: That's not to bash him at all. I'm not saying that he can't progress and make things quickly, but at the same time you know. I mean, I'm no speed Elon is an Oscar enemy advocate. of speed is an enemy of science, really, isn't it? Yeah, sure. Because, like, just because you know, just to, if we want to th- just throw it into another direction here, it's like kind of the conundrum behind a, a COVID vaccine. You know, it's like there's always going to have to be a test group, some at some mm. point. Um, vaping, there's always going to be a test point. What you know what I mean? Yeah. So just because something is rapidly developing doesn't mean it's rapidly developing in the right direction. You know? no, that's true,
1: yeah. And, and you never really know what
0: goes on behind the scenes with big no. corporations, corporations like that.
1: No. And judging by his attitude towards situations like the cave thing, doesn't sound like he's hugely in tune with he's the basics. Sort of he's thing. just a bit Morality. out of touch. Yeah, yeah. I, just
0: think, I just don't think he realises slash possibly doesn't care that it's he is, kind he of is wrong your, to say that about somebody. Yeah, for sure. He
1: is your typical genius, though. Like you yeah. look at, at people that have been labelled as geniuses, he's definitely like a genius. Mm. Obviously knows what he's doing. Mm. Is, has the has the smarts to create all these products and that mm. sort of thing, but is socially weird. A little and touch of the tism little, comes in. Little, little, then. Yeah, like mm. you say he's on the spectrum a wee bit and it's just... Mm. Mm. Oh, it's obviously a, seems to be a, a stereotypical sacrifice that comes along with being very, very talented and entrepreneurial yeah. in that way.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, obviously there's been quirky people who have impacted arts and culture and science and whatever forever but you know I mean
1: (laughs) but we're talking you know he's a he's a bit ahead of everyone in terms of an intellectual
0: I just think it's interesting the channels that you can go through in order to promote yourself if you have the right amount of money and you have the right amount if you have the correct image in terms of you know if you're seen as being um you know, for the people. I'm trying to think of the word here. Um not egalitarian. If you're if you're seen as being somebody who is really looking for the best in humanity, you're looking to propel humanity forward, whatever, then you can do things that aren't admirable all the time and, and still people can recenter your image and say, Well look, he's still building these rockets that go up to to the moon or go to Mars and gonna come back like, you know. That's how people rationalize a lot of fucked up shit that mm. happens in the world, you know. That's how a lot of people rationalize, yeah, a lot of messed up shit that's happened. Like, you know, before it becomes a bigger issue. Like, you know, i.e. Kevin Spacey molesting people for 40 years. Mm. People being like, yeah, but American Beauty though. Or like, <laughs> these are suspects. All these movies. The House of Cards. Yeah, that's a really weird concept that people can just...
1: You know, it's like listening to a, a musician's music after they've been accused of something like mm. that. You know, it's like, well, yes, they've done that bad thing, but I still really like their music. You for know, sure. that, does that become morally wrong, or do you just like it's it's a weird?
0: Yeah, I mean, we could go into this for a long time as well, too. But like, you know, I, it's um, it's one of those things that like you, as much as you say you want to separate the art from the artist, it's very hard to watch a Kevin Spacey movie now and look at him and be like. Bro, we all thought that this dude was one of the greatest actors of all time and, and just he was completely... like fully sexually assaulting people for a long time. Yeah, It's almost impossible to watch a movie and not think of that. Yeah. You know? yeah, I was watching The Usual Suspects the other day because I'd never seen it and I was like, you know, this movie is hyped and it's always been a very good movie, you know, like who is Kaiser Sose, all that stuff. And I was like, well, I should watch this movie. And every time he was on, I was like, man, this dude's a good actor, but holy fuck, he's a bit. dark person. Yeah. Like
1: it's weird. It's weird when those things come to light with guys like that. Um, it just it just puts ch- completely changes your perspective on who that mm. person is, and sort of brings light to parts of their personality that might have already been a wee bit funny. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's just it's just so odd that, like, what what comes with in, in his case, like with sexual abuse. Is that what it was? Yeah. With him. Yeah. yeah. Like it's so, it's so easy to sort of, I guess hide that part of you because there's no necessarily defining characteristics in your personality mm. that would make you think that you were doing that thing or that kind there's, of person. Yeah. But it, there's, there's no real telltale sign if, aside from, I guess, events that have transpired or things that, places <coughs> they go or people that they're around. Yeah. It's so weird to but hear those stories.
0: Things that rely on, um, you know, victims coming forward uh It's such a strange sensation that we've probably had to deal with in the last 25, 30 Mm. and current. Mm. Um, Because there's always been people that you're kind of like, this dude's pretty fucked. Like Mm. publicly in an eccentric like human human condition way. You know, like you watch somebody and you're like, this guy makes you uncomfortable. Like there's nothing – he's not doing anything. He's not – He's not doing anything. Like, okay, good There's example. Definitely some
1: CD f- folk out there for sure.
0: And a good example of this was <clears throat> the other day. I was at St Kilda, and um, just talking to some friends, and, and they were about to go into the surf and stuff. And a guy came across us, completely covered head to toe in, in camo gear, with army boots on and an ammo belt around his belt. White guy, about twenty, between twenty eight and thirty, big bushy beard really dark look on his face, determined, like walking quite close to us. And in, in my mind, as I was looking, I was like, fuck, is this guy like, is he a public shooter? Like just in my mind, I was like this, I, I could feel my body tense up and me get kind of straight and this weird urge in the back of my mind to be like, I should just run in the other direction right, right now. Even though this guy has done nothing, he hasn't done anything to look. I mean, you know, apart from looking kind of and being dressed in camo in the middle of a beach. like. But then when he went away, I spoke to, you know, Harry and, and my mate Jim and I was like, did you see that guy just in camo? They're like, yeah, I felt really uncomfortable. They're, bo- mm. they're both like, I felt real uncomfortable. Like, I felt like he was potentially going to pull out a gun and try to shoot us kind of thing. Right. But that's based on nothing. That's just based on, like, the notion. It's like, well, you know, a shooter is, well, might look like this, might yeah. be a white guy, like, a you know, an angry-looking white guy in mm. army camo. It's just... The fact that he was just, you know, normally I'd be a completely liberal person in terms of being like, you know, a person could be it could have a friggin' turd on their head and I probably, if they're walking past the street, as long as they didn't bother me, I don't care. Like, you know, like I'd be like, wow, that's pretty bizarre. This dude just had a turd on his head and he's walking down the street with, you know, like someone just plopped one right on him but i but i wouldn't like stop and be like oh like maybe i should run in the other direction but this was just kind of like it almost felt like all of the all of the little elements get away from the dirt, man. <laughs> all the
1: little elements you know yeah well that that's pretty it's an, interesting that you know a fa- the fact that someone dressed in would you say it was army gear or was oh, it just camo gear no
0: it wasn't army gear because Harry asked me this. yesterday. says, "Like, oh, maybe he, maybe he, he's in the army." And I was like, "Well, no, Harry, because you, you don't. Even if you if you're in the army, you're walking around in your dress uniform. Like he was wearing the uniform that you would wear if you were um, on an exercise or you were actively in a in a combat zone. Like right. he was fully. It was like something that he would buy from you know Arkwrights or something like that. Like a a full camo get up. He was." I've been around people who are in the army or you know in the military, and he he was not in an army uniform.
1: So you could tell you specifically. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, but that's what
0: freaked me out about it because yeah. if he was in an army uniform, I probably wouldn't have really no. flinched because I would have been like, oh, he's in the army. But because he looked like somebody who was trying to look like he was in the army, mm. that's what gave me a kind of like, this but, guy's but looking for you, combat.
1: But for you, you have that sense of, of what is off about a person that is dressed in gear like that. Whereas mm. like Harry's saying, oh, were you, you know, you are saying to the guys, were you scared as well? And they're mm. saying, yes. Might not. Like I would have probably seen that and really honestly not thought twice about it in this you kind of can't get the aura about someone Yeah. there. What's well, hard to conf- yeah, explain that to, to me? It's like, well, it's not like I haven't seen anything like that before, but it's interesting that sort of the initial reaction or feeling towards mm. someone dressed in that gear is negative, when yeah. typically people that are dressed like that are people that are in the army, you know, are supposed to
0: be people that are protecting there to protecting <laughs> you. <laughs> but that's the thing is that that's why it's been such a weird and, and it popped on my head there because it was like this weird sort of dilemma within myself. Where I'm like, man. I thought that I was quite open-minded mm. about people's appearance because I've been in lots of scenarios where people would people, people be completely... People could be nude around me and I probably wouldn't be as face as the average person would be, mm. like, just, just in the way that I am. But that one kind of just made me rethink it and be like, well, yeah. actually, this guy didn't do anything wrong. He didn't say anything no. or do anything, but automatically now if I was to conjure up the image of that person in my head, it would reignite that kind of feeling of uncomfortable. Yeah, it's definitely
1: and, looks and in, in, in ways... Of, aspects of people's personality that played into a stereotype and I guess in that case it did appear as though he was threatening in, in some way and but there's still, there's still an aspect of shock like whether you, whether you accept someone for what they're wearing or what they're not wearing or not mm. um, there's still an aspect of shock and sort of that time to f- figure out you're feeling like you say um, you wouldn't really care if someone was walking naked around. But, like, you would. If you're walking yeah. down the middle of a town and someone's just naked, you'd, oh, turn, yeah. you'd turn your head and sort of go,
0: okay. It's all contextual, I guess. Yeah,
1: yeah. But yeah. It, but the, the – con- I agree with the with the sentiment that, that people should be able to wear what they want and oh, feel yeah. comfortable. I don't care what people wear most of the time. But
0: – from a, From, like, a – yeah, but that's from, like, a fashion judgment <laughs> side – yeah. Not from a fashion judgment side, but if you yeah. were to see something, you're like, oh, I don't think I'd wear that. That's the thought process you're having. You're saying, I don't think I'd wear that, not they shouldn't be allowed to wear that.
1: Yeah, Whereas sure. Whereas that's
0: the same thing where I was I was like, you know,
1: Threatening he can do what
0: he wants, but maybe it's just the change in consciousness in New Zealand globally where just things like the moss shooting and things like that, I would never, you know, five years ago, I probably wouldn't have batted an eyelid no. at that guy walking around. But no. now it's like, well, this has come to New Zealand. This is something now. that exists everywhere.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think... Sometimes with people that dress like that, you do. I think some people just like to have the attention,
0: mm.
1: not necessarily whether they're threatening or not, but just he probably liked the fact that he was dressed like that, and probably liked that he perhaps made you think that way. Mm. Perhaps went into you know leave left their house yeah, day or whatever other day and goes I you know I've, I'm yeah I look intimidating. I like that feeling of people power. being scared about me
0: or power. You know, mm. it's a power trip
1: thing, but not. Necessarily, but that's the thing you don't know whether yeah. they'll do something or not. But it's just interesting that.
0: Well, that yeah, thing that. that thing definitely exists because yeah. I've I've known people in the military that, you know, obviously coming from a military family, that would wear military uniforms in scenarios where other people in the military would say that they shouldn't do that. Right. You know what I mean? Like someone who might be, you know, on on leave on a off of a ship. And, uh, and they're wearing they're walking around wearing their action working dress or their dress uniform. it's like you you don't actually have to do that when you're off the ship you can wear whatever you want it's your leave, mm-hmm. but some people will choose to wear the uniform because it's it's like being a policeman you know it's something that they identify with and there's a certain stature and a certain posture and a certain thought process that goes behind being a member of any any in-group really but so, Particularly noticeable in the military or the, the police force or people trying to pretend they were in the military or police force.
1: Right. Sorry, you might have just said this but I'm just
0: gonna ask again mm. just for clarity.
1: So if you're in the army and you have an army uniform, mm-hmm. what entitlement do you have to wear that at any one
0: time? You can wear it whenever you want.
1: You could go out and do your daily errands. You're not
0: supposed to you're not supposed to wear it in scenarios that would jeopardize the integrity of the military. So if you if you were to wear your your you Out know your number one uniform to a party or to a club, you'd get reprimanded and possibly potentially charged with something right. by by in terms of um, you know, by a company commander or whatever. Um, but if you just walk in the streets, you could wear it, you could wear it when you like. The only times you're, it's it's hard. It's contextual, mm. but like you, you could wear it wherever you like in in like a basic. Sorry, keep back up again. In a basic sense. <laughs> but um the the kind of critique that you get from other people in the military would stop you from doing that. You know right. what I mean? If you're just a private if you're just a private New Zealand army and you start walking around downtown Christchurch in your number one working dress and you went back to the barracks, the other dudes would be like, Dude, do you're do you a do? fucking idiot. Like yeah. you, you're opposer, what are you up to? Yeah. You know what I right. mean? So it's more of like a it's more of like a pressure from the in group itself rather than mm. Because people who aren't in the military might just see you and and be like, "Oh you know that guy that guy's in the military yeah, it seems like there's a lot
1: more of that dynamic in the army and military as opposed to police forces mm. it seems as though there's not so there's more of that sort of integral um you know there's a there's a um an aspect of it based around your Maturity, I suppose, Mm. in your and your outlook on the army seems to be perceived in a certain way when you're brought into that, rather than police officer. I I give no extra, but that just seems mm. like a. a, I don't think that's an example we could use here, but like definitely in America, it seems to say like the military and those forces are definitely more taught to be a certain way public as well. Yeah, exactly. Whereas it's not so much.
0: But that also has its and particularly in Commonwealth nations you don't really notice as much, but well Mm. not really in many nations as much as the United States, but stolen valor is a I mean, it is a thing in New Zealand, Australia. People would tend to be veterans, people buy other people deceased people's medals and wear them in public to get benefits or whatever. But it's a huge thing in the United States. Like a massive thing. Like You could go on Stolen Valor websites. there would be Stolen Valor Reddit, Stolen Valor websites. there would be thousands of cases where people would be wearing an army uniform with four purple hearts, a Medal of Honor, a troop ship badge, just all kinds of stuff that you couldn't feasibly get and they might Mm. be 30 years old. And other people will come over and go, why are you wearing that? Take that off. Like, No people that died wearing this stuff, fuck you kind of thing. And that's because the American culture has been propagated to acknowledge those people and allow those people who are genuine to be acknowledged in public. You might go into a a store with a uniform on, you might get a 25% discount. So people who want to be part of that in-group will pretend or lie without having any knowledge or forethought or thought of consequence. Just grab some random uniform you could get at any kind of thrift Mm -hmm. store, buy um, some medals from a deceased estate auction and just throw them on, you know. There's videos you can find easily of people being confronted in malls, and people being like, "Dude, you know you're wearing a, a Germany and France star from 1945, and you're 25." Yeah. Well, what the fuck are you doing? And people they'll be like, "Oh, uh, well, uh, actually, I served. Uh, I was S A S O. Yeah, you know, right, 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 like that. You know. So I don't know. It's, it's- how do you How do you feel
1: about? Okay, so like the the veterans discount that applies to. Anyone that's been in the military, is that correct?
0: Um, I'd imagine you'd have to show a military ID, but yeah, mm. I'd say so. I wouldn't – I don't know if it would – I don't know. I haven't seen it personally in the United States, but no. I'd say it would depend on the store. How do you feel about someone that has been in
1: the army and has served in a, in some kind of war or has mm-hmm. served in, in whatever capacity where their life's been at risk or their, mm-hmm. their group has been at risk versus a person who – has been part of the military but has only ever been part of a training regime, yeah. never really gone out to any sort of, um, I'm not sure what
0: you call it. Didn't leave it. New Zealand or didn't, yeah, leave, didn't yeah. go on, just went on exercises yeah. and didn't go into operational war zone kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but have
1: the same attitude that they're entitled to, everything that a veteran is entitled
0: mm-hmm. to. Well, that sure happens. people like that. Yeah, it happens 100%. Because, yeah. Like there think- comes a
1: point where... Just being in the military can't have just just give you an a, an automatic
0: sense of entitlement just because you've been part of the military for sure
1: and not served in any way for
0: sure. Well, I, d- I mean, yeah, it's like anything, really, isn't it? It's like, um, you know, um, you get a certain for veterans' benefits. You you get a certain disability rate based on um, you know what you're affected by. So, like, say, um, my dad, has, like what you know over 100%, what they call over 100% disability, which is not to mean that he can't physically function himself, but he is qualified or he is recognised to be applicable to a whole bunch of services because he has certain health conditions that have been caused by being in the military, e.g. like um, tinnitus from being too close to gunfire, um, skin cancers from being on deck or below deck like months at a time. Mm. Those kind of things are considered to have to be paid back as part of the service, because that's yeah, just how sure. a government makes sure that people stay in the military, basically. Yeah. If they're not looking after you when you're old and you're suffering all the effects of being younger, then yeah. why would anybody be in the military? Yeah, it but sense. it's true that there are people who will go in and, you know, these guys that might be my dad's age that he knew, and he'd be like, well, this guy's just fucking... He was in for as long as I was, mm. but every time they asked him to go somewhere, he would have an excuse, and he'd just bail out. Like, right. he just wouldn't go. Right. Um, yeah.
1: Well, there's bound to be people, especially in America, where... I say especially America a lot, but that's just where the examples of these things come from when I think about it. But people that have gone into the army or military or whatever mm-hmm. for that reason alone, like right, well, I'll, I have a sense of entitlement, or I yeah. have a, this this you know pl- crown put on me after yeah. I've served in this in this service, um, which is yeah seems backward.
0: That's why they do it mm. to to, to come to continually propagate the military industrial complex because if you if you Ingratiate all the children That are growing up To go You know If you, if I was your dad Right And I didn't serve in the military I'm Some 35 year old guy You're my 7 year old kid And I say Hey Son Let's go down to Let's go down to The bloody Los Angeles Raiders football game This afternoon You go Fuck yeah So mm-hmm. i take you there for the first hour, hour and a half, you're just bombarded with American flags, military personnel, people in military personnel getting respect, saluting the troops, fucking jet planes flying over, shooting blue, white, and red, like, you know, paint or whatever, you know, just Mm. some sort of aerial display. And you're just going to look at that from that age and be like, holy crap, this is amazing. Like, Mm. look at look, these people are superhuman. These people are superheroes. And once it's in, it's very hard to get out, um, and, you know, that's why, that's why, you know, say the level to join the military isn't particularly stringent, you know, like in a lot of countries, you know, you don't – obviously because it's a physical role and you, you can be taught the knowledge that they require you to know. But if there was like a more stringent basis to join the military, I feel like the military would be a lot smaller. But they purposely keep it open to people who are borderline psychopaths, borderline – not really invested in anything except for being in the military because mm-hmm. they know that that's their bread and butter, you know. Like in the United States, they they'll allow recruiters to come into like high school and and sign kids up. Like yeah, some 16-year, 17-year-old yeah. kid, he's got yeah. no fucking clue what he's up to. Yeah,
1: that's, you think that's just for like in times where war was present and they were recruiting people for war, sort of made sense to appeal to as many people as you could, as young as you possibly could, just mm. for numbers rather than actual skill. Like I feel like you wouldn't, Really go out of your way to say to school kids, "Oh, we want you to join the army."
0: No, I think for that a
1: physical, you know, reason. Not that not that kids in high school age aren't aren't capable of being in that capacity, but surely you sort of, I guess you got to start training people when they're younger as well.
0: Yeah, uh, I think this is a relatively new sensation though, like a sort of post Vietnam thing, because Vietnam War, Korean War, World War Two, they just drafted you. You didn't have a choice. Right. You get a, You get a letter, it's and they'd attitude. say, "Show up to your draft board mm. for your physical." And when you pass your physical, we're fucking shipping you off to Fort Knox. you get yeah. Two or three weeks training, then you're off to Vietnam. That they just know that there was such a backlash from that. The only way to like for the military to really rescope after that is to just do underhanded things, target kids in high schools. They have to become a broader recruiter because tr- if if they if the military, especially the United States, if the military could have it their way the draft would still be a thing. Right. You'd just be drafted. Because a lot of countries you do get drafted. Singapore, mm-hmm. Israel, three-year compulsory service kind of thing. But those are because those are small manageable places and they haven't had a, a Vietnam kind right. of scenario. So now the the, the recruitment, the draft has been shifted to actually being you know, elements of video games like Call of Duty or... Public displays of love for the troops, or just that kind of stuff—you know, sure. stuff that's more subtle but still pretty openly propaganda and convincing you to join the draft or right. to join the army rather than be forcibly yeah. conscripted. Because yes. if the if 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 there ever was another war scenario like that for the United States and probably for the rest of the world, they—I don't think they'd hesitate to conscript people if they had to. No.
1: Well, that's a thing. It's a numbers thing. You need people. Like I can't imagine there's many people joining the army these days as there were. 50-something years ago.
0: But that's because there's no longer... The the actual intricacies and technology of warfare have changed Mm. where, you know, you could be in an alternative world, an alternate universe, you could be at the same you can be in, this, in a room exactly the same as this with your laptop right there, but instead of interviewing me through a microphone, you're using a joystick to control a drone strike right. that kills 15 people in Afghanistan that don't even know you're coming for them. Do you right, know what I mean? right. So in terms of weaponry, it's... There's just no yeah, need nice. There's no need to line up the troops and teach them to do drill and it's make true. them fight in the jungle anymore because they'll just... They want to kill you. They'll just send a machine to kill you from the sky. Like They yeah. won't. The only time that ever really require a, a, a draft or like a mass warfare kind of scenario would be if for some reason we've ran out of all the technology or we used all the nukes and somehow the world like a, a decent amount of the world's population survived and you actually just back to fighting sticks and stones kind of thing. because <laughs> that's what that's what there's a famous like Albert Einstein quote. he said, you know, I don't know what with what weapons World War Three will be fought, but World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones, right? Because there just wouldn't be anything left to fight for or about, like. Yeah, it's so
1: interesting, eh? So yeah. It sort of feels like that's the way the world's heading. In yeah. Really grim, sort of. Well, aspect. I mean, once we start letting nuclear bombs go and things like that, if there's
0: zero capacity or reason for that to happen. Like that's it's
1: not really yeah. something.
0: Well, that's what's called, I guess, as um, the. The, the kind of global nuclear deterrent is the idea that everybody is in agreement that the, f- the next time that an atomic weapon is used will be the last time. Mm. Because as soon as one's fired, everyone would just use it as justification to fire everything, you know? Yeah, if, sure. the, if the United States was to fire at China or China was to fire at Russia, then the United States would be like, hey, look, China fired at Russia. Bam, 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 bam. Just spam all the missiles you can. Just wipe Russia and China out at once. Jesus. But as soon as Russia and China knew that they were going to fight it, they just bam bam just hit all Same the buttons, yeah. send them in all the directions. Yeah. Like fuck those guys. Jesus. But I mean, you know, you can think about that for like that. That has been a that as a concept has been a thing since since literally since Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That has been a thing. As soon as people saw um, that that happened, they're like, well, this is something completely new in human history. You know, they're teaching children in in schools in the fifties and sixties if there's an atomic attack high below your desk, it's like, fuck, that's not going to help you. Your whole building's going to get ripped out of its foundations. Yeah, like, Well, that,
1: that's not like techniques that they're teaching kids to save themselves from any things. It's more like, right, giving them something to do rather yeah, before than they panic, die. you know. Of
0: course, but but that's the thing that shows you how ingrained this is in the kind of Human consciousness is that sixty-five years ago, mm. you could look at training films of kids being taught. You know, <laughs> you know the red, the uh, you know the communist reds are trying to drop bombs on us. That means <laughs> we get under our desks and yeah, right. we all say the Pledge of Allegiance, just like shit like that. You know?
1: It's so ironic.
0: Whereas then that's still completely a thing. The mm. concept of it. It's just that the parties that are involved in that whole kind of conflict, potential conflict, have shifted, yeah. and also, you know, there's a lot of other gnarly shit going on in the world, e.g., global warming capitalism to the extreme, economic corruption spying that's all the crap all, all of the all of the warfare that's probably going to go on until the world overpopulates. I feel like the 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 kind of warfare that's going to take place take in is, no that's all good you I'm good. just flicking it but um it's got more here now that's why um, uh, I <laughs> <do it. laughs> no, um the the actual warfare that's going on now is all economic and and psychological and Rigging elections and faking videos using deep fake and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. the only time well not the only time you can't say this completely with you know um certainty, but the most logical time I would see that a conflict would happen where we'd we'd be back to like fighting each other physically would be if we just overpopulated and food sources just got like you know, overpressurized, and you actually physically had to go out into the streets and fight other people to get to gather food or you had to physically invade other countries to, you know, turn Australia into some sort of massive farmland or something like that, right, you know. Right. That would be the only time that New Zealand would probably get bothered in a, in a global conflict would be if, I don't know, if China decided that they were going to evoke, you know, an imperial Japanese World War II kind of mindset where they just wanted to make a, a big kind of co-prosperity sphere across the Pacific that was ruled by them. The only reason they'd bother Australia or New Zealand would be to take our resource or right. to force us to farm or to force us to use the fertility to, to supply China, et cetera, et cetera. That's
1: so it's so crazy to think about. A situation like that where you could just take over like a country.
0: It'd be so like easy
1: here. If you it's it's so so easy to think about like when you look at the countries on their own. Like if you just were to say Japan's gonna take in New Zealand mm. and then you think about like the population and just like the people involved in that mm. task to take over an island that has five million people sitting it and we're just gonna come in and yeah. take over obviously like there's I, I i realize there's ways in which doing it but in, in terms of what that is and that literal description like it's just a crazy ideology
0: yeah. it is it's it's funny like just sometimes even now and then at a party or just when you're younger you'd be like just having these conversations and someone would be like oh if new zealand got invaded i'd just go i'd just go vietnam on i'd go gorilla i'd go into the mountains i'd i'd fight them off like that it's like well i don't know if you realize but you know Afghanistan has been pretty consistently fucked by other countries for, like, you know, 50, 60, 100 years, and they're still around and they're still fighting, but, like, it's destroyed their spirit as a collective society. You know, you don't think of Afghanistan as, like, a a singular nation. Mm. As soon as a nation tried to invade New Zealand or turn this into, like, a place for warfare, everyone would just isolate and it just turn into a grind. it literally just turn into a 20-year 20, 20 kind of war unless right. they just carpet bomb the whole place or something, you know. Seems
1: I don't know. It's just scary to think what,
0: what it's, countries are capable of doing, you know. It is. What means are there to do what it, things and how it's going to... It's important to be aware of those things, but it's also important not to let them bog you down or to overthink them oh. because, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying particularly that you might, but I've, not, I've met a lot of people and sometimes even myself get really concerned, Like yeah. you know.
1: Well, if you look at something like you know, like a nuclear bomb or uh, say an asteroid that was going to hit the world. I don't worry about those things because the reality is if there's a massive asteroid that's hit, hitting our way and it's going to like destroy the earth, you'll, you'll just die. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you, you, you can't worry. Like it'll be, be that quick to to wipe everything out. You know, you yeah. probably know it's on your way and you're going to freak out then, but it's like, well, why why bother trying yeah. to get away? It's just, it's... You know, inevitable things like that—they're just going to happen. You're just going to be gone. It's not gonna yeah, well, that's not going
0: to. Yeah, that's that's almost one of the the concepts about death, really. That I think is quite important is that, you know, in the grand scheme of things, there there was always a time when you didn't exist. Do you know what I mean? Like, in in the history of the planet, you know, there was always a time. Just when I think about it, when I've seen people, you know, pass away they are close to you, it, it, it it's obviously very. Sore and hard to mm. deal with in, in the moment, but when you look life. back on it and you're kind of like well what was what was the whole crux of their existence about mm. you know you're just basically looking at it like you know there was a given time that you existed in, and you just made your best with that because there was a even larger given time where you didn't exist, mm. so all death is going to be is just the same state as when you didn't exist yeah. beforehand, yeah, know?
1: and these days existence is honestly really a bit more meaning, meaningless because like when humans were if you were to take it right back to when humans were you know um i don't know the word for before we were really like proper conscious beings, pre-developmental you know, kind you know, of stage the purpose of of life is to we, we're we in the post-advanced yeah. side of humanity, all the work's so been done yeah, yeah. exactly yeah exactly. all the work to that's continue it. the human race that's right
0: or so, to develop it, um, so obviously. that is
1: the reality of, of choosing what to do with your life is like what what do I want to do or be, how <laughs> am I going to live it, not how do I necessarily provide to the – like we've, we've gone pretty far. have probably mm. gone too far, to be to yeah. be honest. But that's and, – And overpopulating as well. Like there's so many more people in the world now than there ever was. Mm. And it's like, God.
0: I guess that's where the Elon Musk kind of centric view of things yeah. continues <laughs> is where you're like, oh, well – the, the developmental stage of human develop of of human history hasn't ended mm. you know because you could take that other that other way that other starts and look at it and be like well we only think that's ended because we've been able to look back historically and see that you know t- you know ten thousand years ago humans were communicating with grunts and just very at a very basic level without much uh, societal kind of nuance or subtlety or whatever whereas you know, ten thousand years from now, they might be listening to this recording and be like, you know, how stupid are these people that they didn't <laughs> understand the grander spectrum of the universe? You yeah, know, yeah. how stupid are they that they thought that the Earth was the centric hub for all of humanity because it might not be. You know, but it's like I don't know. I guess it all depends, really, doesn't it? And that's the whole battle with with it all is like if you're not in a position to actively You know, force those developments into being. You know, if we're not Elon Musk or somebody of Elon Musk's ilk with the financial backing Mm. and just the desire to force through cultural norms and just push ahead, then yeah, there isn't a whole lot of point to, you know, dwelling on it, ruminating (laughs) on it forever because it's never going to know the answer. It's just, it's the age old saying, isn't
1: it? Life's too short to worry about shit like that. Mm. And you really just have to do what you're.
0: But it's not wrong to inspect those things because that's oh, that's what sure. that's what the whole it's part of ability human nature to, to the whole ability to formulate those concepts in the first place mm-hmm. is what makes us different from any other species on yeah. the planet or any other species in the universe that we've ever come across It's
1: weird to think that we are the only like i am I'm, I'm not sure how to actually f- define consciousness yet but i when I say it, I mean it in a particular way it might not actually make sense but i you know it's so odd that we are the only real conscious being that we sort of know of like it's funny to think that there isn't actually another life form on earth mm. that actually communicates in like obviously other animals communicate but there's <clears throat> no intelligent being that has sort of moved up alongside it's us because we know. killed
0: them slash interbred with them you know like Homo sapiens though there's saw another article yesterday actually even about they had, some people theorise there's up to four different types of human-like subspecies, mm. Neanderthalus-style, Homo habilis, whatever, that pretty that exist that coexisted with humanity at some stage that we either probably warred with or interbred with or just developed with. So that you're right, that is pretty crazy that we haven't come across that level again, but at some stage there was, and without our ability to control it, it became homogenous and just kind of mingled into some sort of formation of what we are as human beings now mm. like but at the same time there's other people that theorize that we should actually stop expanding outwards into space you know some mm. people some people are like some scientists are saying you know because the earth is constantly transmitting it's constantly transmitting satellites are constantly transmitting um that like golden disk we should look at talk about that actually we call that that golden that record they made out of gold and sent into space basically just has video clips of just uh, – or like audio clips, rather, of like famous songs, oh, yeah, piece yeah. of art, yeah. things yeah, like that, it. right? Yeah. There was a lot of proponents against that, a lot of people who were saying we shouldn't do this because we're telegraphing our existence to um, a potential being that would be greater than us, you know? If we if we are sending out messages to, to develop contact with some other form of life, right, if – if we don't have the ability to approach them and they approach us, they've started on the front foot. That means that they have the ability to travel at great distances, communicate with us, and um, conceptualize that communication, you know. So that would actually be quite a dangerous thing, some people think, because they could view us the same way that we view stock animals, the same way that we view um, other species that live on earth, like cows, chickens, things that have been literally – their whole existence is formulated into uh, servitude and death. Mm. Um, there could be another life form that could, you know, not actually recognise our intelligence or our ability to communicate as intelligence because they've advanced so far past that point that they don't have they don't have touch with that. Do you know what I mean? So like, right. our existence is we have we have sort of some people might have. Um, a kind of compassion for people of the past or, or animals that live on the planet now. But a lot of people also don't because they're so far removed from the initial point of when we decided what was right and what was wrong. So whatever species comes into contact with the planet might be so far removed in their timeline, might be so far removed from the acknowledgement that other species are worth coexisting with that they might either just destroy us outright or just... Use us Utilise us To serve their own needs mm. And if they were to Take our communications And be able to Decipher them And return Communication to us It might take us A thousand years To even get close To figuring out What their response was but don't you think A being like that Is already there if, if, if there's If we only have to Send
1: something Out into space For someone to recognise That we're there
0: mm.
1: Like I don't know What I'm trying to say I feel like if someone has the event, like, is that in tune with?
0: Oh, it's hard with this to because say.
1: it gets deep. Yeah, dude. Well, what I'm thinking, like, so where is this? Where is this golden disc like going? Are it's, they just shooting it up it's into like,
0: the I, uh, Well, I mean, we should we can we should look it up so we have um, proper sort of I'm just trying not inside to pull up about it. Too much because it takes away. The yeah, no, so I understand weird, that. But I can get So just look up golden disc. Uh, shot into space, yeah. I think be Voyager. I don't know what it's called. Um, yeah, it's called the Voyager Golden, Golden Record. Record. Um, yeah. See, so they 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 launched it in 1977, bro. So it's oh. been it's been in space for 43 years. Oh, they've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, oh, okay. That was much longer than. Um, that Yeah, I just I yeah, just think a, that it's. Um, okay, I just want so to it see how see it, far it's It going. says
0: although neither Voyager spacecraft is heading toward any particular <laughs> star. Voyager One will pass within 1.6 light years distance of the star Jeliez 445, currently in the constellation Camel Camelopardalae, in about 40,000 years. So, it's it's a long way from Earth, but Spacecraft it's going to take 40,000 years for. It.
1: Played only if there are advanced, free-flying civilizations in interstellar space. With the launch, so they're saying. See, so, so
0: Carl Sagan said that that. So that's kind of the same thing that I'm talking about. Is that They'd only be able to play the record if the if the um, the civilization that received it Has was it at a high enough actually, means to right. actually recognise what
1: we're saying. So, but that's that, okay. That kind of helps me explain what I was trying to say because I feel like if there is such a such a being, um, presumably they've gone out and grabbed that thing. Like it hasn't just sort of fallen onto their lap. Something that's no, they'd have that. to retrieve it. Yeah, so... And they could retrieve it destroyed. A, wouldn't you think that a being that is able to do that probably knows and, and is close enough to where that is because that can't be too far from us would probably already know about us anyway?
0: Well, I guess what this is saying is that because it's not passing in any particular direction, right, it would take 40,000 years to, to to pass within 1.6 light years distance of the star. So if it was to exit our galaxy or into another universe... I guess, I get what you're saying. Like if they had the ability to collect it and retrieve it, that, that would mean that they would be advanced enough to decipher it. But at the same time, it's like kind of a bottle in the ocean sort of theory where you've thrown it out into the cosmic void. Just because it's in space doesn't mean it will get retrieved in space. No, it could no, land on a planet. That's
1: not really my point. So th- this, this thing here is is information about us, cultural as a, information as a, as a planet, and yeah, yep. that's being sent out to potentially be found by others, mm-hmm. other civilization, to find out about us. So what I'm saying is that if there is such a civilization out there that is able to grab that and, re- and retrieve that, they probably
0: already know about us. No, not necessarily. They would just receive that. Um, it could be uh, comparable to the pyramids, a pyramid scenario where we we are intelligent enough to know what the pyramids are but we haven't reached a point where we can definitively tell you where the pyramids came from, who constructed them and why. So this gold record, they could receive it and they could decipher it and they could have a, a broader understanding of it, but that wasn't, wouldn't mean that they'd be completely correct about where it came from or why. Do you know what I mean? So like they could – I'm going to assume that these kind of etchings on the record would have messaging – in a in a, like a in a scientific sense that they would be able to decipher, right? But that doesn't mean that they could understand the human bias or the human aspect of science. Well what is this? So I don't know what this is. This These is the cover of here. it. This is the cover of it. So my guess is that if we actually um even go back to the article, it might tell us the content. If so if you go content and images. Um So yeah, I mean it says here like uh the golden record carries an hour long recording of the brain waves of andrian so, so
1: like what, like how do we okay so oh so it is a it is a record it's shaped like a record.
0: a record no 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 you wouldn't play it on a record player so it's made of solid gold so what
1: i don't understand how do we even know what's on there
0: uh well if you i go, can't look at that and decide no no what's no well if that. you go this this is the cover of it okay so this is imagine it's in a big tin that was on the front cover of it
1: oh it's a like a box
0: that's the record inside of it and then the next image is the cover of the cover of the box or whatever it's yeah. contained in. So, but you can't actually play that record as a record. No, so no, 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 what? it wouldn't. It, well, you can play it as a record, but you couldn't play it on like a traditional Earth turntable if that makes any sense. So, so how you, are we? What <laughs> if you cut? If you cut out of it, and you go back into contents. Um, so like basically, here it goes. It says, it, it's the selection of it took almost a year. So Carl Sagan was involved with it. And there's 115 images and a variety of natural sounds such as those made by surf, wind, thunder and animals, including birds and whales. They chose it from different cultures and eras, spoken greetings in 55 ancient and modern languages, including spoken English by the UN Secretary General. Other human sounds like footsteps and laughter and a printed message from the US President. They basically just like, that's why... So how would we play this content here? Well, we wouldn't play okay, what the the problem is, it's a multimedia it's a multimedia item. So we're thinking about the fact that it's called the Golden Record is what's going confusing. It's not a record in the traditional sense of a musical record. No, I get it's, that. It's like, a record, a recording.
1: So okay, so say say uh, okay, <laughs> this is this doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So so what what would you actually physically physically obtain if you had this mm-hmm. thing? Like if it's not a playable record, all this content that they're saying that's on here how, how do you actually
0: go into this how would we traditionally listen to it? Go into this image here. That's the record there on on the front of the capsule. Right. So we wouldn't traditionally listen to it because it's it's probably very large and also significantly heavy. So there's nothing it's kinda hard to explain it in a in a lecture. I just
1: don't understand how you can expect another Civilization to be able to play something that we can't even play on so our planet.
0: We can, okay,
1: we can play it. We we
0: can play it, but the thing is, it was formulated and sent off the planet, so it's it was never designed to be played, <clears throat> in on on the planet. So Carl Sagan and all the scientists put all of this information together with the idea that it would have like a fi- almost phonetic style universal language that would be able to be deciphered by any kind of intelligent being. You know, at its simplest sense. All of these etchings inside of the recording would be played on a device, or on a harmonic, or even if you just scratch something along the surface of it, it would give you ref- reflection. It's kind of like how an old phonograph record works. You know, it's literally just the little grooves inside of the record that you put a certain kind of element against it, and it will display that information back to you. It's quite, it's quite, it's quite hard. It is quite dense. It's quite hard to explain. Yeah. I and don't. like because there's just nothing really like it on the planet. If that makes no. any sense.
1: So it's it's just a it's weird to think that you can cultivate something that is translatable to generations that aren't necessarily there you know mm. when you're trying to create a universal language we've kind of already done that why not just put our way of like you you could literally take the record from that put it on a record player and you'd hear something
0: yeah um, it wouldn't
1: make sense if we couldn't, because then how, how would anyone else make any sense of
0: it? I mean, you could even just try Google it. You just say, how would how would you play the golden record? I'm not
1: going to try and find information <laughs> that I need yeah. to. I mean, but, not, I'm not going to do it myself. But,
0: it's, it but, it's, but you know what I mean? Like, if you think about it, this was launched in, in 1977, right? Um, so I guess it was just something that they formulated at the time to be it like... It seems like it's more of just a novelty thing. Okay, look at Playback 3. The upper left-hand one is a drawing. So right. there's a drawing yeah. of the phonograph record and the stylus carried with it. The stylus in the correct position to be played. Okay, so they also stored the ability to play the record with the record. <laughs> so whoever oh, collects it right. can play it on what it was sent with. Right, that makes more sense. So that makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? See, the, oh okay.
1: There's the there's the thing there.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, this is just imprinting it. Yeah, that makes more sense because that that was what I was trying to get my head around. How can we send a record out into the world if it's not even a record that we can play here? Yeah, that's what it's. That's how it was coming across. Yeah, right. Well, I
0: guess know. with that information, it's telling us that they created the ability to play it. Yeah, surely you can put that on a record player and Well, that's it. that's obviously a replica of that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah right. This disc is a duplicate of those carried on the two Voyager spacecraft. Yeah. Um but I mean I think it's silly. <laughs> well, I think it's pretty friggin' cool. It's just it's um, neat. I just it's just whether it would ever actually whatever it's one of those things that's just you never know if it will ever actually be anything. You know, that could that could be the thing that forty thousand years from now makes contact with the rest of the world. We could be destroyed. we could be completely destroyed. The earth could be completely destroyed. It's just sort of a a time capsule in space at worst and at best. Uh, the tool it's, that it's, allows us to communicate with another yeah, okay. technology. So it's,
1: it's a tool to relay our history for a, perhaps our inevitable doom mm. to another civilization that is, is able to. I just, yeah, I'm, it seems... I just don't really care much about things that aren't going to happen in our <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, apparently? like something no, that... No, no, no. no, 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 no okay. i okay. like, was a joke, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like in 40,000 years, it's like, oh, that's great, but... Who fucking cares? Mm. Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why you're not a scientist, though, you know, because you've exactly, got to see a bigger yeah. picture. Exactly, yeah. I, I I, get it, but, I mean, that's it's just like, okay, well, that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I th- As sentimental beings, like something, you know, it's a nice thought, but we're never going to experience that reality of, of some other, you know, we're never going to actually mm. know if anyone ever comes across that. We could have just thrown some metal into
0: it. I guess it. the best case scenario is that... Uh, they they launched it in 1977, and somebody finds it tomorrow, you know, and that's forty. It only took 43 years. So the best case scenario is that somebody yeah, could that's be hurdling towards It's Still going to be
1: Earth. in our in our galaxy, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Oh so, yeah. For sure. But I guess the idea is that if someone was hurdling towards our Earth right now and they collected the record, and someone could be like, "Hey, um, the fucking record's been picked up and played," then we'd be like, "Oh, well, that means they're in our universe. That means they're probably coming towards us." that means we should try to contact them now yeah. before they come and kill us.
1: So again, that kind of comes back to my point. Like, it doesn't sound like an object that is going to leave our galaxy. So how would anyone... Like, if, if someone is there ready to receive that, they're already going to be inside our galaxy. They're probably going to know about our presence anyway. Just they were be gonna going to receive oh, okay, it soon. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. Um, for sure. But they wouldn't know about our presence just because they're in our galaxy. The world is... Our, our, our planet is a long way away from everything else. You know, they could be, they could be at the end of. They could be people that are jumping
1: between galaxies. Probably have some pretty advanced technology, for sure. For sure, and we'll we'll know that there's probably life within this galaxy that that they're in.
0: That's the concept, yeah. Yeah. Is that maybe it's not a good idea to send that information to the reaches of our galaxy because whoever can enter our galaxy probably has expanded past the point of having to contact other civilizations. Do you and, get what I mean? and yeah,
1: and who's to say that the uh, the materials that we have used to create this thing are gonna last in space for forty thousand years
0: anyway? I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jaina. <laughs> Jaina. No, um okay. yeah, I don't yeah, know. I just I I'm just find a, the gold find the golden it. record to be quite interesting and it gave us um, you know, quite a bit of material to talk about.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I, I I like it as a concept. I, I like the idea that there is I like the thought in which there is someone out there that could Pick that up, and mm. and you know, the the thought of other other galaxies and other beings and stuff is very yeah. fascinating. I do get that. I just don't realistically see, aside from it being a novelty thing and, and the fact that we've just talked about, it, I don't really see other yeah, point.
0: No. It well, it was, it's just one of those things in the seventies that you know people want a whole bunch of cocaine. They're like, hey, yeah. you know, we I should we should should send this shit into, into space, space, in space man. man. Yeah. <laughs> Using all these golds and our goddamn disco suits, man. Why don't yeah. we just get a whole bunch of synths into That is space such style? a seventies
1: thing too. Had to be out of gold. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably the the most malleable um, material, I yeah. guess. To go, through I space. suppose.
1: I suppose. It- in terms of something not that's going to listen it, had to be a, a physical thing. Like you wouldn't send a USB drive into space.
0: <laughs> <you know>? just, <laughs> I just imagine someone like you know those old like burnt like CDs you used to do on the yeah, computer, yeah, just like yeah. with some like now <laughs> nine or something, and they just throw See, it into now. space. <laughs> Surely they will not on even on a rocket. Place. Like somebody's <laughs> just standing at Cape Canaveral and just they just get <laughs> someone who's really good at throwing things he just throws it as hard as he can and <laughs> <laughs> just goes into goes into the stratosphere. <laughs> I got it. I did it.
1: Imagine that imagine sending <laughs> sending a USB driver like <laughs> a computer or something, just mm. face and expect someone. The expectation that they would they would have the means in which to to play that thing as well it makes it would make more sense to send like a like one of those little um, handheld Marimba thingies <laughs> <little> <laughs> thing, like that because at least they can take that universal. up and go. Oh, yeah, just, oh, yeah. Rather fingers, than be though? like a flash drive, you wouldn't know what to do with that. You'd mm. have to you have to presume that they've also come up with a computer with a USB drive of the exact same. Like they it it might not really have hands sense. though.
0: They might just be using like brain waves to start things. Yeah, that was right. interesting. Just thinking about that dude throwing a CD just to completely change the topic because we've kind of run this one to the ground. Um, have, what's the? F- yeah. Do you have a Do you have a memory of anybody throwing somebody uh, somebody <laughs> of anybody <Throwing> <laughs> Do you have a space. memory of your father throwing your him- no, mum? No, no, um, do you have a memory so, no, of think- anybody throwing something really far? Like, do do you do you think do you have a definitive memory of somebody I throwing? I threw a vortex pretty far when I was, there. <laughs> was it the furthest you've ever seen anybody? It was, throw one, of anything? Those, it was
1: one of those screamers. Those whistle
0: One of those straight hooters went pretty far. Straight down the line. Yeah. <laughs> No, what do you what do you mean? I mean, like, do you have a do you have like a I don't know, just a random. (laughs) Do you have a specific memory of someone throwing something? So far that you were like, holy fuck, that dude threw the shit out of that thing.
1: Well, yeah, but not to an absurd level, like I've seen, you know. Like LeBron throw a basketball full court to the other side. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. I meant more like, like in person. Like, someone, like do you ever oh, see anyone person. at a park
0: or anything just throw something and be like, Bro, you know I mean I've seen I've seen roids. some
1: pretty impressive punts and throws mm. in my time, but nothing that have ever <laughs> gone, Jesus Christ, this is Superman.
0: Yeah, right. Why is that? Why do you <laughs> I just thought I just remember being quite young and seeing a guy throw an apple an extreme distance. But how and, how and I'm old am you wondering Oh, probably nine. I'm just well. wondering if it was like a massive distance or if I was just kind of like, you know, holy. Well, that's the thing you probably just as a kid and go, oh, wow. Mm. <laughs> you yeah. it's a oh wow. wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Did you ever – Oh, did, did you ever? Did you ever get like afraid when you were younger that you were just never going to get any older, even though it made no sense? Like when I was younger, I was like quite short and chubby and I was like – I'm going to be like four foot five and chubby for the rest of I'm like going to be some sort of dwarf person. And there's no reason to think that. It was just kind of like, you know, you'd come across like a like somebody who's developed when we were younger, like particularly in our friend group, someone who was quite tall. Mm. It was like, you know, they might have been five foot nine or five foot eight. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah. When's that happening to me? I think growing
1: older when you were a kid was definitely something that you, it was hard to comprehend. I definitely knew I was going to get bigger. I definitely didn't expect to get as big as some of the biggest people that I'd seen. Mm. But just turning, like, 12 and then, like, oh, my God, I'm going to be 13 next year. Mm. Oh, my God, I'm going to be 14, like, the year after that. That's mm. a weird thing. Now it's just, like, nothing. But, yeah, aging when you were young, you never really thought you were going to be one of the big 16-year-olds in school or, like, yeah. being 18 and be able, being able to buy booze. Like, fuck, oh God, oh, that's so far away. But mm. here we are. Just
0: thinking you were going to be drinking and yeah. gambling and getting laid all the time. And then I mean, what else do only do else one else of do? those things happened. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, no, no. Um, I don't know, I just I just thought I was gonna be some fat little dwarf hobbit man for the rest of my life. And I'm glad I didn't, you know. I was ama- honestly, I'm amazed that I'm not fat. Like I just I, it some days I just almost can't comprehend it.
1: No, you weren't that
0: fat. No, I was pretty chubby. You're I used chubby, to chubby. I used but, to oh well but yeah, but it wasn't even like so much about being fat. It was just about like eating. Right. Like I would just destroy things. <laughs> I'd have whole chickens, I'd have like oh, just, chickens. yeah, I literally, you ask anyone in my, in my family, I'm famous for being like, a, I was a terror. Like I would drink whole things of milk at dinners and like How do you, whole chickens, like, who bro. Whole chicken? <laughs> literally my mum would need? make more food because they knew that I was going to demolish a whole chicken. You like. two chickens. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not even, you... I'm not even exaggerating. Like, I would what? smash a chicken, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, basically I was just like a... Like a human garbage disposal. Your mum
1: made a whole another chicken because yeah. she knew you would smash.
0: Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Not even exaggerating. I would eat like loaves of bread, bro, in wait we- in weeks. She like. can't let you do that. No, well, she's just like, this is good. Like he's going to turn into an back no, or something, bro. Yeah, what? There was nothing wrong with How that. How old were you at this oh. time? Not that old, like you eight or nine. I was, why not? I was hungry. If you're, you can't let no. your eight year old eat a whole chicken. why? why? Right? What's your logic to that? Why, literally, because it's like it's
1: you can't, it's like feeding your pet, you can't like overfeed your pet and just let it get fat, you know. What are you, you talking have to about? How much people are eating, of course, you,
0: you do. But I was running around like a fucking mad dog no. and you're developing every day. What okay, so no, okay, this is unfathomable <laughs> for me. So the reason you—if your kid is running around like a mad dog and they're not getting super fat, like my kid's got playing plenty of sports, he looks all good, he's eating a mixture like the right mixture of shit. Why not give him bigger portions? What's wrong oh, with that? Oh, definitely, definitely, I'm on board with the
1: bigger portions, but you can't
0: let an <laughs> 8 eating a, eat whole a whole chicken like every day. No,
1: but still, like you can't—you can't just say, "Oh, my kid's not getting fat," and sure, he can eat a whole chicken. Let him go. You're talking
0: it. shit about my mama here, That's mate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, what? No offense to Mickey but she's sure, <laughs> obviously you've come out a very bright young lad. But no,
0: honestly, I can't believe <laughs> that's it.
1: just that's crazy. I just, I just, I definitely believe. Like, okay, no, I, I was just a madman. It's just the whole chicken thing that gets it. Like, I definitely got to a point where I was eating bigger portions, and, and Mum let me eat mm. bigger portions, mm. but. Going, oh yeah, a whole chicken. You can eat that. I'll make you a whole chicken. I think it's that hard to
0: It's hard to comprehend if, if you you need to ask like Ethan or or like Nathan <laughs> about me as a young as a really young child. Yeah. it's almost hard to comprehend how spastic I was. Like not in like a not in like a stupid way. Yeah, just like a, I had full blown, ADD ADHD yeah. levels of child development. Like if I wasn't sitting down and eating or like sitting down and like focusing on something. I was just running around with my chin up, just constantly. Like, the amount of childhood concussions I got, bro, because I would just run around, I'd just run into things. I'd literally just run into things head first, just knock myself out. And the teacher would be like, oh, Liam's going to go. I I have memories, I have very vivid memories of being in my school sick bay and the teacher being like, Liam's going to have to come home. He's knocked himself out in the playground again. Like, just literally that kind of shit, bro, multiple times, at least 10 times, if not more. Well,. I was just, it was just, and and it was just like it, it was, it's an impulsive thing, bro. Like, eating was just to the max, like in eating sweet things to the max, mm. running around to the max, like singing or playing instruments present. to the max. Yeah. yeah, well, that's I, I still have them, bro. Like, yeah, sometimes yeah. I'll do like things in the school, like in high school. Like
1: first in high school, there were definitely aspects of that in your personality. Yeah, but I wasn't as close to you then. But that's
0: I got better at regulating it though. Like, right. I, yeah, I yeah, Just yeah, sure. because I got older and I was like, okay. First off, I'm coming off really obnoxiously because I'm just too bores of the wall. Like, I'm just, people probably just think I'm a friggin' weirdo. And the second one was like low key marijuana use. <laughs> <laughs> kind of helped it in a lot of ways. Like, it helped me slow down. Yeah. If that makes right. any sense. Yeah. In like a, in like a physiological way, not was a mental like, way.
1: Like a way of attention grabbing or like.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah. But it was also, um, it was also like just the way that. I am wired, you know. I've got, you know, borderline ADD tendencies in terms of a broad range of knowledge that I'll go really deeply into and then I'll do something completely different, you know. The only things that are, like, constant for me is things like, you know, music, singing, basketball, Mm. things that, like, are just really deeply ingrained love affairs, things that I will never change. but, But, like, the amount of times, you know, it's, it's in all kinds of bits of my personality because, yeah, I was always doing it for attention. Like, you either want girls' attention or you want, you know, like, you know. I, I have this weird thing, bro, where I just want to impress people all the time and it doesn't really matter. It's not like an ego thing, like I want them to think I'm cool. I just want them to think I'm not a dork.
1: You yeah. Know?
0: Like, the amount of times people would, like... So r- rather than trying to
1: build... A personality on its own. You're trying to sort of just be mask a broad. aspect of your personality. That's yeah, or not, just be broad. You're not comfortable with, yeah. Right. Just
0: be broad. Like, to me, there's things in my personality that I don't like, mm. but rather than mm. just like, that's where the, the ADD aspect takes over, I guess, is like some people might just look at it and be like, oh, this is what you need to focus on. You just need to drill it. You just yeah. need to find these aspects that are wrong, just drill them bit by bit until you get rid of them. But are they Whereas, wrong? Well, they're not wrong. They're just they're just different. They're, they're not wrong. They're just things that might cause eventual problems in, okay. in one yeah. way or another. Like, you know, like in high school, my problem with like relationship-wise, and it's probably messed me up in some ways now. It hasn't messed me up, but it's put me on... I have to relearn some things when it comes to relationships or whatever, is that I was just... I wanted so many people to like me that I wouldn't spend time, like proper time with any one person, you know? Right. So like I just... Be with one girl and then be like, "Oh, cool, they like me now," and then just go for another girl and mm. go, oh, they like me now, and then just just all you're looking for was that first kind of initial like it's they like me and are interested in me, and then now I can go and do whatever I want. It's a
1: pretty common mentality in high school, though. I think for it's sure, a I don't think that now. Experience to start relationships and that
0: sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't view that way. I don't, I'm not that way now at all. I'm definitely looking for a relationship now, but it's just um, yeah, I'd
1: yeah, you know. I, I dart around that. I mean, I. There's, there's sometimes I think, yeah, it would be nice to be in a relationship, and then there's other times where I go, well, oh, I just know that if I'm in that relationship, I'm going to want out of it. Like I just know that's how it works for yeah. me. Like you always have something you anything. don't have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is which is a hard thing to get past, and I guess that sort of proves a relationship if you can really can commit to that one person. And uh, mm.
0: I just kind of always thought, I still think it now. I still battle with it now. You know, I, when I was young, I was just like people who are in these relationships are suckers. Because I never, I wasn't I wasn't in them, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't getting the satisfaction of being with somebody who knew you intimately properly. So I was just kind of like, well, these people are just being stupid because they're tying themselves down to one person and then when they get the urge, because I just assumed that everyone was going through the same hormonal ADD-driven thing as me, where it's like if I get the urge to do this, I have to do it or I'll fucking, I'll be biting my fingernails off chomping at the bits. so like to me mm. it was like you know you find one girl attractive or you like elements of the person not to say that I didn't listen or like take on board what they had to say or take you know acknowledgement of their feelings because I did and I still do but there's something in me that was like well this thing has become appealing in somebody else chase that and, right. and it was like a, it was almost like a self self validation thing you know like I can remember even talking to people now in our high school they'd be like you know oh you know I didn't think you'd be interested in a girl like, you know, like, I liked you for a bit in high school. You're like, oh, cool. And, like, then you're like, right. I didn't think you'd be interested in a girl like me because of this, this, and this, whatever. And I was like, yeah, that's well, that's weird. what I hated. Is like I was like, the whole point of why I was so much like this was because I wanted to experience a, a massive range of things to discover what I did like, and then mm. you can bring it down to a core that you can decide on when you're older. Yeah. And then all of a sudden – like that stuff kind of, kind of, just kind of annoys me now because I'm looking back. I'm like, what was I projecting that yeah. made these girls think so that I
1: how, could be approachable? Uh, things like in high school are so ob- obsolete now. But at the time, like you really <laughs> didn't want to, you know. Obviously, obviously, it's never right to hurt someone's feelings. But like, so many relationship stories and things that have happened to you over that those that five year span, even that seven year span, if you count intermediate relationships. Mm. Like, no one gives a shit about that stuff anymore. Mm. Like, unless it was seriously detrimental in whatever way to someone's mental health or that it was it sort of played quite a serious part in mm. how that person turned out to be. Like, a lot of those minuscule th- interactions, like, we laugh about it now. You see those people in town and it's just something mm. that's not really, like, seriously thought about anymore. Mm. So it's almost like that is the perfect time to really be doing that sort of thing, experimenting and, and yeah. figuring out what it is that you like and don't like. Because realistically, that person's... <coughs> Feelings aren't really going to be hurt from that small relationship but interaction at that time, 10, 15, 20 years from, from then, you know. Mm.
0: I think what was hard was going through <clears throat> experiences then that you wouldn't think of in a in a, in a in a wider scale picture. Um, like, you know. <laughs> Signaling for more water. Want some water? Yeah, dog. Um, like My last bottle. Oosh. Thank you. Like, there was a girl that um (laughs) i was i was seeing another i was seeing a a, one of the girls now in our friends group at the time when we were in like when you were like (laughs) yeah you're 11 or or 12 or whatever right and she was in my math class and i kind of made it a a point to never be rude to somebody if they because you know how there was that weird click thing going on in high school where People I don't know hung out in certain groups, and then maybe they idolized you from afar because they thought you were cool or in with a group of people or whatever. I made it a point never to be unapproachable to somebody if they if they liked me or just wanted to talk to me, kind of thing. And this girl was quite like liked me quite a bit. I didn't like her, and it wasn't for any kind of you know shallow reasons or anything. I just didn't really know, her and I just wasn't I just wasn't on track to be you know spending my time with it. And she used to be very forward about liking me and I used to meet up with her because her her home life wasn't very good and you know just because just because she wanted to go out with me or you know liked me or whatever didn't mean I was felt or I did feel awkward because I'm like oh she's obviously spent something with me but I didn't stop contacting her. this is where I get myself in trouble I'll keep talking to them right. and I'll keep them in the mix maybe to get them to a point where they think that I'm developing for them or whatever but I would just hang out with her because, like, this girl doesn't really – she's not really to hang out with that many people. Like, her home life's pretty rough, whatever. And then a couple of years ago, two years ago, three years ago, she committed suicide. And I thought about it and was like, this is, like, really crazy now to deal with because I didn't think about how important those moments might have been to her at the time. and And, like – it was a really weird kind of dilemma thing for me because I was like, I'm proud of myself that I spent time with her and actually gave her the time of day to interact with her and get those things out. But there was another part of me that also was like, when I heard the news that she had killed herself, was like, man, wh- if I had the ability to talk to her now with the knowledge that she was on that kind of path, then I might have gotten her out of that situation or spoken to somebody else, whatever, you know. But. Never heard about this, Liam. Mm. You know who she was if I told you who she was. Obviously, I won't yeah, do that no, now. But, no. um, yeah, so it's just those kind of scenarios. That kind of shit was just really interesting because that kind of forms how I approach things now, but it didn't at the time. And just one of those things that when you get a bigger picture of scheme of things, you look back in your development kind of thing. You can see yeah. what kind of person you become or why.
1: Yeah, but it's, pretty, it's pretty in my nature to, you know, not – like you say you want to you want to sort of follow up and have that consistency and see where people are at in those situations but yeah there, there can be points where you want to break away but you know perhaps what someone's like and you sort of need to stay around because mm. or at least come have it they that come from to an, you yeah exactly yeah. yeah and you can't really take that away from them but you also, yeah, fuck. I mean, you never know when that shit's gonna
0: happen. No, of course, I like, don't. I don't like. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making that about me because mm, it wasn't. No, no, no. And the the actual, you know, events that led up to that mm. outcome weren't. They didn't involve me in the end, and I'm not pretending to that they did. And it'd be wrong to me to pretend that they did. But I can just, I just remember really enjoying that feeling, in a ego, in an in egotistical way, in a lot of ways, because. I kind of felt like, you know, oh, here I am. This girl's quite into me. Mm. I'm not, you know, I'm not copying flak from you because I'm not being a dick to her. You know, I'm not going out with her and I'm not giving her maybe the physical interaction that she needs or she wants from me. But at the same time, I can point to it later on and be like, you know, I was a gentleman about this or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that's a weird kind of psychology that goes on. I feel like where you're... You're kind of thinking like I'm. I'm going to be a nicer person for people to be around if I just treat everybody nicely. Mm. But I've also been in that kind of person's shoes where there might be a girl that you really want to verbalise or like it's actually really important for you to try to make that effort or make something further happen, and it doesn't. Just naturally, it can't happen, or the other person isn't willing to, or whatever. Just whatever might play out, and you can't you can't manifest those things into happening. You know. No. So. That was just an example of shooting on the other foot condos. Kind of yeah, you don't want to force things like
1: that. But it's interesting, that's probably a really problematic situation in, in a lot of cases, kids that age that don't really know or seriously think about someone that might be in that mindset mm. and how to actually deal with that person. It's all just sort of, there's a lot of selfishness I think at that age yeah. and, and a lot of people that get treated poorly at that time because they sort of know none the wiser than the and the the bully system that's in schools and how that's perceived and, mm. and that sort of thing. Um, oh man, that's heavy. I I didn't know that. Um, yeah. I mean, you have to you have to be like you've got to put yourself first for a lot uh, most part of it. But yeah, you. you oh.
0: I never. I wasn't. It. It wasn't a case of <laughs> Sorry, like. Terror, no, no 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 resistance. no 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 no. And I know it's not easy to just talk about the blue like that, especially without context. But it. Um, it's just it's just a funny thing to look back on because now I'd like to think that if somebody was in that kind of mental state, whether they're a friend of mine or not, that I'd have a, a broader range of life experience to draw on to to even make some kind of sentiment to help them or to approach others or have some sort of adult nous about me to go and be like, oh, well, this person is actually in this situation and they need help. But A lot of people even, I like to say that, but a lot of people don't, you yeah. know, um, you know, I've had a close, we've had you know a close friend of ours or mine particularly that committed suicide a couple of years ago, and I wouldn't have had. I would. It's the same scenario, you know. I wouldn't have had any inclination to have approached him because you know the forthcomingness just wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. And and that's and that's just something that um you know you can't beat yourself up on. You you hope that you're more aware of it in the future to look for signals for it. Yeah. But that doesn't make you a clinical psychologist that can yeah. solve the problems. Well,
1: it's very easy to. Um, and a natural thing to start thinking about, thinking back on on a, on interactions that you've had with those people, um, and sort of really break it down and see what involvement you've had or things that you said. You start to worry that you haven't done something that's drawn them to it, especially mm. if they're a close friend of yours. But I mean, the reality is like it's something they were dealing with internally, and and you know you can you can you can't presume that in everyone either. Like you you can't really go into every interaction. Being super, super delicate. Like, you can no. be a nice person, but you you really don't know what's going to set someone off or yeah. do anything that's going to be like, it's really no fault of anyone's. And, and it's, there's definitely things to be aware of, but like, as a whole, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy just to be nice. I think all it takes is, you know, just the fact that you have been there and have talked to them. And mm. whether you've said something bad or not, nothing is usually really your fault. And I guess <clears> you're never going to know. So you can't really. I guess Lay blame to, to anyone or anything
0: Yeah, you're right It was just a kind of This funny uh, Kind of dichotomy Where <clears throat> I was thinking about it at the time And my mindset at the time was that I was almost patting myself on the back In a way You know, it's almost like Oh, like Liam, look how Like Look how um, You know What's the word um, Chivalrous you're being You know, like Like you're You know, you might be playing the fucking fool, getting pissed up and probably pursuing girls in ways that you shouldn't do when you're younger because you just don't understand on, on, on a weekend. And then in the weekday after school, you're meeting this girl to talk to her about her, her family and and essentially leading her on but providing a, a support, you know. So in my mind, it was kind of like, oh, well, I'm actually, you know, I'm well, I'm, I'm well rounding this female interaction thing, you know, like because I'm still going for what I want. In the weekends, so I'm still pursuing physical goals or whatever or experience goals. And then I'm doing the Good Samaritan thing of talking to this girl who has real problems. That, And then that's why looking back on it now, I try to never make that mistake again. Because it's like, it's not really so much that I did anything that contributed to it. It's just that I didn't actually place enough value on how important it was to actually be there for her as a person or as someone to talk to. Just as a crutch rather than me needing something out of it, you know, like, because yeah. at the end of the day, I was there listening to what she had to say and everything. But if someone was to ask me about hanging out with her, I'd be like, oh, you know, I just hung out with her and we talked. Of course. You know what I mean? Whereas to her, it might be a lot more significant than that. You yeah. Know? And that's just,
1: and that's just being human. Like, you think most people would have that sort of inclination to help? Like, if, if someone's really, I suppose, asking you, is that, is that the case that, that you were getting invited to
0: to yeah. hang out in that capacity? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Basically she just asked me to go hang out at the park up yeah. from my house and I, mean, I just natu- go natu- to talk to her and yeah. then think that I just you know, being egocentric and juvenile and fucking whatever, I just thought that maybe she'd invite me there to tell me how much she loved me or how much hmm. she wanted, you know, hmm. wanted me to settle down with her, yada yada, it's hoping that that would be what she would tell me and then yeah. she wouldn't tell me that. Pretty personality defining
1: situation to be in, you know, like if you're if you're presuming that, you know, you're going around to do a certain thing or you know start something up um, and that sort of doesn't go that way and it ends up being quite serious like what's happened like with the, how you deal with that situation pretty much defines how you're going to be and if you if you're in high school at that time like that's a pretty early age of development to to be to be able to realize what is happening and and change your mental state mm. to in order to you know facilitate that Conversation, sure. you know, rather than going, oh, okay, oh, we're not doing this. Oh, god, why now? Now I have to deal with this person that's talking to me. But that's where you go, oh, okay, right. This is this is what you wanted me to be here for, All right? Yeah, I'm listening.
0: You know. I think it's just more when you look back as an adult and you think about why why you require other people to communicate with and why you you want other people to talk about these issues mm. with, for it's because they're relatable, mm. and and it makes a lot more sense as a whole because you got more experience to draw on. But when I was younger, it was more like a scenario where even though outwardly, if someone was to see it and I was to tell you right now, um, that I went and talked to this girl and, and was, you know, trying to and was was talking to her and listening to what she had to say about her rough home life and things that were happening in her life, you might look at me and say, Oh, if I didn't provide any of this context, someone might be like, Oh, that's you're a really kind hearted person, like you're spending time with that person. But internally when that news had come to me that she had you know, passed away, I had to re-review the whole thing and actually right. face myself and say, well, you know, it's true that physically I was there to, to, to provide that, but mentally I wasn't actually in that space to provide what that person might have required to help them in the scenario or to actually get a proper broad understanding of mental health. I was just there because it was an added benefit to, I guess, learn something about, you know, discussing that kind of stuff. But sure. it, at its crux, when I think about being 17, 18, 16, 17, 18, it was about me. And it's just weird to think back on it and be like, well... It just, it's an interesting example of, like, the contrast and how things... How perception and how things change from the actual... Why they actually occurred when you look back on them seven, eight, nine years later. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Sure. It's just weird how things can... Can change and that can affect the way you interact with other people in the future it's subconsciously. You know, I don't think about that personally. Like, I don't think about her a lot. Not, not in like a. I don't think she was worth thinking about or anything. I just until we discussed it now. I haven't really thought about it since then. But that probably still plays a part in the way that I would interact with yeah. with other people. You know, right. That's just the weird, um, the weird part of relationship stuff for me in general is that I have this weird back and forth of being like really weirdly primal about what I want and then really weirdly like docile. And just like, I'm just happy to hang out with somebody and talk shit. Like there used to be a girl in my primary school that used to watch Friends all the time. I hated Friends, I still hate Friends, you know. I know I'm gonna cop a cop- couple of cop- flat for that but I just didn't like Friends and I still don't. And I would just pretend to like Friends. Because I just wanted to talk to her. So she would phone me up every day. Every day when you had the old phone line, she'd phone me up five thirty or five 5.00, o'clock whenever friends were on, four thirty, even I'm not too sure, I can't remember. And she'd she'd just sit on the phone line and talk to me for thirty minutes about friends. She'd just watch the episode. I might not even be watching, I might just be skipping through some other channel and sometimes I'd switch back and be like, oh yeah, like that. you know what I mean? So it's just but that was for no reason. Do you know what I mean? There like there wasn't actually an end goal to that. There wasn't it wasn't like, oh now she's gonna, because I was too young for that. Even it wasn't like, oh, now she's gonna like want to hang out with me and like make out or whatever. It was just kind of like, oh yeah, like that was cool. She kind of got, she kind of got joy way. out of it. Like, you know what I mean? Interesting. And that's how relationships, part like components of relationships, still feel like that to me. You know, like where it feels like some people have decided not to keep looking for somebody who is actually comparable for them, but to just find somebody who has admiration mm. for them as a person mm. and just make them happy which is fine but it also seems kind of unfulfilling to me yeah i've always
1: believed in the in the fact that you should never really assume think like in in the context of a relationship never really assume or presume anything's happening until the other person sort of initiates it but to contradict that statement entirely like that could really go to both parties Mm. you know what if what if you have some real feelings that you want to get across or some something that you want to happen but you're being you know Standoffish about it because mm. you don't want to assume that they want that same thing as well. Yeah. But you might both feel that same way, but never have anything happen. It's, it's weird to yeah. actually realise when a friendship is a friendship and when a friendship is a relationship. Yeah, or yeah. Any relationship. Oh, trust me, I get that
0: wrong all the time. Oh, it's. But, but that's what's the weird thing about it is like every every one of those scenarios is contextual. You know, like there'll mm. be a scenario where I'll be with a friend and I'm developing feelings for them, and I'll I'll be like, okay, well, this is. I'll take them to this spot, yeah, I'll yeah. tell them these things and then worst case scenario, this will happen, best case no, this will happen. Yeah. But then I won't do that. And then something will happen where it'll culminate to a point and something will happen. It'll get physical or like you do something and, and it's actually almost too late to explain how you actually felt mm-hmm. back then, back like two months ago, a week ago even, because the dynamic and the context of that situation has changed everything so much. Mm. And then you just leave that to know, and you spend a couple of weeks being like, fuck, like I fucked that up. I suck at this because of these reasons. You do a whole lot of self-blame. At the start, you, you kind of blame the other person for a while. You're like, well, fuck, they're just crazy. You're like, they're a bitch. You're like, mm-hmm. why do they do this? But then you just start self-criticizing. And then that goes away and i go back into it with somebody else. And then I'll overcommit. Like right. I might go within the first time. You know, not not in the first couple of times I mean then but like when I think I'm in the right snow, then I'll be like, Okay, I'm gonna say all of it now. Yeah. And you go into it and then it's just overbearing and then you just fucked it again, but for a different reason. Mm-hmm. And you go through the same process again, but for a different reason. It's this weird balancing act where you have to really gauge the other person and how like how they how open they are about discussing things that they're not it's really it's it's hard to explain. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, I think.
1: Um I think I've said this to you quite a few times before, I think. A lot of times like if you're playing too hard to, to find something out or to get something going, it's probably you've probably got to assume the worst. Yeah. Like the successful relationships that I've been in have come from sort of just like just genuine interest and conversation and not really thinking about going out of your way to, to message something. Yeah, and yeah. then just actually coming to a point where it's like, oh, you like me? oh, well, well, I've liked you too, sort yeah. of thing. You both go, oh, like, oh, you know. That's sort of a weird thing to explain it as well. But I've never really had to say to someone, like, you know, do you do you like me? Or, like, what what is happening? Like, what are we doing? Are we well, just friends? I, or?
0: I've never really had to do that either. But that's also one of the problems, I feel like. is like, I know you're saying that you haven't had to do that and it's a result in successful relationships. But then there's also a point where if you don't actually quantify what you want out of the scenario, especially as we get older, Mm. then you actually just end up getting hurt more because you resent yourself Mm. because you're like, well, you know, what about the 10 other times I've been with these girls and there's been like flings and whatever and then it'll just fizzle out and you just stop talking to them. Mm. It's like, well, how do I stop that from happening? You'd be like, well, you show the person that you actually care about them by verbalizing it early on and then you scare them away. And it's like, well, okay, maybe next time I won't do that. And then you don't verbalize enough and obviously I'm repeating what I've said, but um but that's it's kind a, of like it's kinda of like a two two sides of the coin thing, you know. Like you could say to me that yeah, if you gotta pursue it too hard then it's not natural and then it won't happen naturally, whatever and if you have to explicitly say that you love somebody or that you have feelings for them then it's you know, it's not meant to be. But at the same time, a lot of the other things that happen in my life that are positive happen because I did try to get them. Right. You know what I mean? Like not from like a I'm better or I've got an ego or you know, the ego is driving these scenarios kind of thing, but it's like if you go to a party and you're like at the end of the night and you're just like kind of just thinking about going home on your own or just going home and like – or maybe there's just another part of your brain that's like, hey, how about I just try to act completely different for this last hour of the night? Mm. And I just say things to people that I wouldn't normally say or do an action that I wouldn't normally do. Not, not like – I'm not talking assault-wise or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. Just mean like, you know, put a different way and put a different spin on what you're saying or like – be more forward or take the cues take the take the physical or like you know visual cues that you sometimes get from people that could maybe start something that you wouldn't you just ignore in any other kind of mind state because you're Mm -hmm. just sort of fluffing around or trying to enjoy yourself and that's that's the point where I've gotten to now you know is that I'm just kind of like we'll be at the end of the night scenario and be like oh what I've just been doing for the last night the whole Mm -hmm. night didn't work maybe for the last hour if I try something different It'll work, but I never actually do it. I just go home.
1: I don't I mean I don't have the right answers to this, and I don't, know if there <coughs> I don't think there really is right one answers. right answer to no. it. And, but but like, yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, not to sound corny, but like if you if you have a genuine interest in someone, don't don't think twice about when and where you should message them. When and where you want to hang out with them, just do it. You just have to do it. Yeah, and if sure. if they if that person doesn't feel the same, then you're gonna gauge that pretty quickly. <clears throat> and it's really not worth your time anymore after that. Like you, mm. you could be quite deep, feeling wise into it, but like, you're just gonna aggravate the situation if you're at a point where you've you've sort of you know how you feel, but you're mm. not getting that back, and nothing's coming from it. Yeah, it's a strange yeah. thing, man. It's totally up to the, the individual and your own personalities as exactly. well, but.
0: I'm not playing the whole "woe is me" thing because it's not like things don't no, happen no, for no, me because no, no, they so, yeah. they do. But I just I I just kind of mean, yeah, you're right. I guess it's probably we're talking about. <clears throat> it almost goes back to the ADD kind of yeah. compartmentalized mindset kind of thing where it's like, if you are in something, you're you're fucking in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, that's why I've always sort of been tried to be more careful. I think that's what makes me kind of lonely sometimes. It's just the feeling that you're like, well, I don't have a constant. But then it's almost better that I monitor that because that ADD style of my personality is like relationship stuff, drug use, drinking, and just negative attitude, bro. Just four things Mm. that I almost constantly monitor in myself. Because I know that the ADD stuff that is actually really beneficial to me, like knowledge, like a, a, a base of knowledge or music or basketball, whatever, whatever, interaction, whatever, that can be funneled into a lot of really good things. But if it's funneled in the opposite direction, I get into a dark place, I'll get fucking dark, you know? Mm. And it's just something you've got to be aware of. And I think lots of guys, not, not even having an ADD mindset, but lots of guys will do that. They'll get into one thing that will put them in a tailspin, whether it's like their romantic life or having to drink with the boys every weekend or whatever. I mean, you're just getting that and then that's the right you get, and you never get out of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's no, like we say, there's no right answers to anything. No. It's just, it's situational and like, yeah, I can understand how you'd, you, in, in your case, like how you've explained your personality would sort of, I guess, define how you, you, you sort of all in, your, all your interest goes into that one mm. person or that one relationship, but yeah i it's it's easy to to be pushy pushy and, and sort of over enthusiastic about something but i think i think if you're having to think too much about it it's probably not yeah right. for sure like that's, that's but that's everything for me though, yeah exactly it? yeah yeah i guess
0: it's more like i guess the things that i found the things that potential partners are going to find attractive in <clears> you <throat> is like passion. Just kind of passion for anything. I don't think it particularly matters what it is necessarily, as long as you're not an asshole, like you're not passionate about like fucking far right politics or something like that. But the thing that people are looking for is like a a spark thing, Mm. especially at this age. It's like you're just trying to acknowledge life in somebody's eyes, you know, like if you you just see a a really cool chick that you like, she's into cool things, she's into academics or surfing or just anything, anything that's unique. The thing that will draw you into it is the the passion part of it, you know, and it's like you almost want to display passion all the time because you think that that's mm. that's the pheromone, that's what's like the attracting uh, the attracting or whatever. But doing that without looking like a complete fucking nonce is actually like yeah. difficult, you know. Yeah. Especially if what you do, or what you enjoy, is solitary, you yeah. know, like you know, it's it's like um, it's like art, or uh, obviously the, the podcasting isn't particularly solitary because there's a couple of people, but. If someone was to see you in your zone, I think the the time that you might be most attractive to somebody is when somebody's seeing you when no one else is looking for you or looking oh, at you, you know what 100%. I mean? Like if, if, if we were like kind of talking to each other like, oh man, like I haven't really been with a girl in a while, I haven't mm. really seen, talk, spoken to, her, had any like good deep meaningful conversation with any girls or whatever, if they could see you in your element, that would probably be the biggest attractant that you could yeah. give. But you can't. And you I can't think another that.
1: another big aspect of, of people's personality that – um the opposite sex, or whoever is going to find attractive, yeah, is that is just having a sense of independence and a commitment to a passion. Mm. That that's really all it comes down to. Sometimes, like I think, if you're if you're not sort of all together there with yourself, how can you expect to be sort of all together with someone else? You know, mm. it's just always going to come back to that whether you come <coughs> in and out of those relationships. Like if you if you're if you're totally independent you, you think you don't need anyone else in your life you're probably mm. more like let have a successful relationship for someone that's really sort of itching to be in one because they think
0: it's going to help them you mm. know but that isolation or that dependence on yourself also can become something that you have to monitor too because like you know i feel like i have a wide friend group and a wide range of interests and a wide s- like spread of like i've gone to australia to go see friends and go all around new zealand to see friends and you, you do that and you experience those things, you hope that that grows you as an individual, but there's always um, a group that you come back to or like a, a a social setting that you're in again. And sometimes you just feel like uncomfortable, like mm. because you've been doing something different, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, I might see somebody in in a group of friends that I haven't seen in a while and they might not ask me what I'm up to, or what I've been up to. You just kind of got to, you know, not that you're expecting someone to always ask you, like, hey, what have you been up to? Or, like, where have you been? It's like, you can't just ram in, like, oh, yeah, I was in Wellington for a couple of weeks doing mm. this, 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 and this, and this, and this. Like, and I hate the feeling of having to, like, come into a conversation and tell somebody why you're interesting. Like, I, I, yeah. I despise that the yeah. most is when somebody is just like, oh, you know, I did this at the skate park and – I did this because I can do this and they're just like throwing things out there that are just trying to build your personality base in front of people mm. is just very hard for me and it feels very awkward. It's like when people ask you about music or art, you know, like somebody's just somebody else will bring up music or like, hey, you're a musician and in front of somebody that you've just met. You're like, for fuck's sake, now I've got to like present this whole front yeah. and I've got to try to like bottle everything that I'm interested in into this one thing it's like bruh I don't
1: think anyone likes talking about their self eh? no. unless you're just super ego driven and there's what? definitely people that can rave on about I mean
0: I did just try to talk about myself for probably the last yeah. better of part of an That's hour what we're but, here for, isn't but it? in a conversational <laughs> context yeah well I'm trying to I'm trying to discuss it as yeah. a, as yeah, a makes parable sense. You know? makes sense yeah Throwing bullshit words out there, eh? We should talk about something funny or something, so it's not so heavy to end it off with. Well, what, got something what's something funny. To what's yeah? Let's what's, what's what's something funny? What's what's in the news that you heard about? What's something funny? What what what's the last? What's, all right.
1: Sorry. no 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 no, 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 no,
0: no, no. <laughs> I
1: just heard about this story today. Um, it's the it's, so the Queen's Guards, you know, the, the guys that stand yeah. tall and still and all of that. Apparently, a couple of them. Um, I don't know whether they got fired or what, but apparently, a couple of them. Got caught um, uh, abandoning the COVID rules and going on like a cocaine binge. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll
1: try. And this find sounds like it. the royal family itself. Yeah, got <laughs> um, it it's
0: cocaine, cocaine party <laughs>
1: <laughs> They've gone out and yeah, there it is.
0: Thirteen.
1: Yeah, big.
0: Thirteen well, we did, uh, of them. Oh,
1: Thirteen queens guards <laughs> jailed attending cocaine fueled rave in lockdown. <laughs> It's like the idea of
0: them wearing the hats just, like, just coked out. Like, bruh, how good are these fucking hats? They were among
1: a group of 16 guardsmen who attended a booze and cocaine-fueled mini-rave at a riverside park.
0: They only got 14 to 28 days at the military prison. That's you pretty think,
1: the, you think the Queen's Guards that are doing cocaine are no longer the Queen's Guards, right? Oh, it's no, they're pretty...
0: going to military prison. It <laughs> says at the bottom they're going to military prison for 14 to 28 days. Oh, right. They're getting kicked out of the military for sure. But that's... <laughs> but, like... That's just hilarious. Do you reckon they just like they're just so meditative and still? They're like, I can't wait to get to the boys tonight and just. <laughs> that's out. exactly like, what I said. I'm just going to exactly go. i going to go to the boys tonight and do so what many like fucking mind numbing job that you <laughs> just stand
1: still all day. And the amount of people that'll be fucking with you while you're standing there, can't wait to get out and just.
0: I love those videos where they smack people. Like, where they just they just hit people. Like people think that they can't hit them or like. You yeah, know, yeah. they'll try to step, like, there'll be some American tourists like, ha, ha, like waving this his face, and then they'll try to step around him to, like, get yeah. further in, and the guard was like, stop. <laughs> just slap them open in. I've seen oh. a, a video of, um... The one, where the, the one where the guard hits the little girl? What? <laughs> oh, we've got to watch that one, bro. It's... it's, it's yeah. I don't know
1: if I'll be able to find <laughs> it, <but> this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the thumbnails on these videos, <laughs> eh? Hey.
1: There's one where I think the guy, um... It's like an old high school buddy of his, and he goes up to try and like crack him, um, and he's just ag- antagonising him for ages, and he can't actually get anything. But right at the end, I think he smiles. I'll take me forever to can find we, Okay, video. can we look
0: up the um, look up um, Queen's guard hits girl? <laughs> It, as soon as you write hits, it'll go, little girl. Oh, oh this is so savage. Like, this is uh, the second one. Watch the second one. This is yeah, really man. funny, people who listen. Like, but it's, it's like if you. Oh, let's just watch it first. I mean.
1: Oh, she's so cute. Oh! <laughs> the smacking Again, noise. is was as well. not what I was expecting. Oh. I thought it was someone like purposely hitting a no. little girl, but he just whacked her so accidentally while he's saluting.
0: It's, it's, if you want to look this up, <laughs> Aaron, it's called Soldier Hits Girl in Front of the Queen. Four, so four, four, four point seven it's got 4.7 million views. It's, it's funny. It's. Um, Jesus. It's. Poor it's, thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard oh to God. explain why it's funny. Listen to the smacking sound. <laughs> oh!
1: Really gets oh right. Who fucking salutes like
0: that though? It's, like that, uh, it's because you have to bring. It's <laughs> just to go out. He, he cooks it. He cooks it. Oh. He definitely cooks it. But um, I thought you just meant to come straight up. He's like right nah, nah, um, You song. bring it up and around. Jesus. He's he. Oh, poor girl. Do you, <laughs> Like the thing, I just want to hear like a longer video. Like if she keeps it together or not. Like oh, well they look to be another oh, one. That top one.
1: Poor girl. How long, How long is that one? It's that's a different camera things. angle. They had, they had oh, I the mean there's the queen, there's obviously oh, tons of people. No. No. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> that little girl keeps it together. Got a big strike in the Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh that's sweet. That's I bet that guard felt like an absolute piece of shit. And he can't like they... he realised like... he's
1: done it, but he can't move. Because look look here he he says something or like his mouth opens here.
0: He might be acknowledging.
1: Like, here he goes. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Poor girl. I can't believe that cocaine, 13 of them. Mm. Who dobbed them in? That's what I want to know. You know? Oh, they tested positive. Why are they testing you for drugs if all we've got to do is stand outside the fucking palace? I mean, I get it. I, I mean, I do get it. I guess just you you're ask Probably to protect l- the queen. L- yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is the one, the one sole purpose of the job.
1: Honestly, but like if you're, if you're, you know, you don't, you're probably not able to stand still the whole day if you're, if you're on drugs, you know. Yeah. Like if you're on cocaine, there's no fucking way you're standing there all oh, but day. But they're not
0: on cocaine. They were not on cocaine. They not the that's, that's why though. there'd be
1: drug testing so people that yeah. aren't taking it and aren't able to do the job
0: probably. I get you. I just like. Yeah, nah. Nah.
1: Don't want to get too deep into the news. It just cycle. makes me
0: sad, though. You know, like, obviously, it sucks. Oh. Like, and they shouldn't be doing cocaine. Cocaine is illegal, everybody out there. But at the end of the day, like you say, <laughs> these guys have a fuck boring job where they have to protect, like, you know, the biggest family of doll bludgers that exist on the planet, you know? I'm just gonna bring it. I'm just gonna put it out there. Fuck the monarchy. I mean, do you do you apply to be a queen's guard or like are you in the uh, royal be, connects? Like, oh, you'd just be in the military for X amount of time, I'd mm-hmm. say, and you'd probably be a very specialised, um, you know, infantry unit or whatever. I I apologise for saying fuck the monarchy. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really apologise. I I do actually feel that way but sometimes i worry that my phone and other things are monitoring me you know being tapped yeah yeah i always center. feel like somebody's watching me <laughs> honestly it's um yeah
1: oh jeez but
0: you know We've had a yak here, Such we? Such is life. We've had a bloody good yak here, my bro, I tell you. I'm getting hungry. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> so am we, my bro. Let's go for some chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whole chicken. I would smash whole chicken right now. Do you think you'd still do it? What, eat a, eat whole, a whole chicken? Whole chicken? <laughs> grow up. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> tell me to grow up. <laughs> if, if I hadn't, like, yeah, low-key.
1: <laughs> no, like, you didn't finish your pizza yesterday oh, Last time we went to Nando's You uh, got half chicken You never well, finished that Chickens
0: ch- chickens. Wait what was the last thing you just said? Nando's
1: Times we've been to Nando's You oh, get half on, chicken You never finished nah, that grow
0: up. You never finish grow it up. In, the, in the pod <laughs> <laughs> Nah <laughs> Good <riddance>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Alright I'm walking out Off you go Jeez. Alright all right. should we do it Yep Thanks Thanks, thanks for you. um. Thanks for listening to Me talk shit I, I feel like I I literally told you nothing about Wellington.
1: Not oh. Fuck it. Who cares about Wellington?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck them too.
1: <laughs> all right. Thanks, everyone. Mm. Goodbye, Liam.
0: Love you, mate. Peace in the Middle East. <laughs> and chicken grease. <laughs> Peace and chicken grease. Home, Home. audio, entertainment. 9016
1: radio. The show for artists of all kinds. Sit and relax. Enjoy the music.